Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us here today. Uh, a little bit late, actually very late today. I do apologize about that. Uh, I intended to start uh, about an hour and a half later, but uh, I'm here almost two hours uh, after that point. Uh, as you can hear, I'm a little bit under the weather still. We was, uh, we were rather, we was, I was talking about Gollum, right? Why We was under the weather. Um, we started getting sick Friday, I think, and uh, or, or noticeable Friday. That's, how, that's what I should say. Noticeable Friday. Didn't get better over weekend. In fact, it got uh, pretty, pretty somewhat rough around like uh, Sunday over to Monday, something like that. Uh, and uh, so, if this is what uh, what COVID is, uh, coronavirus, then not really a big deal to be honest. Um, I'd rather take my uh, chances with the immune system. Uh, you know, this is the argument of some of the. Well, you should have you should have gone vaccinated, you you dumbass. You know, kind of thing. Uh, but those people were getting sick anyway. Uh, they were getting sick. They were also passing it on to others. All these kinds of issues that happen with it, right? So why why take the if 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 I mean if people were like dying in the streets and all that stuff, I could kind of understand the argument behind it that it's like this is your only protection, you know, kind of thing. But why would you add on additional uh, risk when it comes to injury from the vaccine, Guillain Barr syndrome, heart issues, maybe later down the road, whenever you, the, the the clot shot has you know fully manifested, right? Uh, you just add on, add on more issues, right? So that that's my argument about that. I, I will say this though, uh, you know, regarding like the co- the symptoms or whatever that we that we had, uh, it, it all kind of matches, you know, the the COVID the COVID symptoms. Uh, one thing I will say about this, <clears throat> and, and then we'll get to the kind of you know the main topic of the show and stuff. We're going to talk about Afghanistan today, but I was going to clear this off first uh, <clears throat> because I sound so sick. I'm I'm getting you know somewhat better, a little bit fatigued, but I just sound very sick, right? So let's let's clear this off, then we'll get to Afghanistan and all that good stuff. But um, uh, yeah, so what was going to say? <laughs> so the brain fog, I guess, is one of the issues, right? That they said about the. Uh, symptoms, uh, you know, uh, difficulty breathing and stuff like that. That was, I felt that for like a couple of hours during Sunday, I think it was. And of course, that's one of the reasons why we didn't do a Weekend Warrior uh, this uh, this weekend. Um, but that passed pretty quick. Actually, it wasn't like a long, you know, long issue with that or something like that. Uh, so it wasn't really a big, uh, a big problem. But I, I will say this about it, because I know there's some there out there that are like, well, it's not even real and stuff like that. And one thing I will say about it is it feels it feels engineered, right? I mean, we haven't gone and tested, done tests or anything. I, I never would. Why would I use a test that would test positive for a can of paint and a goat and a mango and stuff like this? I mean, it's it's nonsensical. 40, 40 uh, threshold cycles on a PCR test is not going not gonna to say anything. But um, it matches all those, you know, classic, uh, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, you know, symptoms that they say that it has, right? But it feels engineered. That's what's weird about it. It kind of goes in waves. It's different than any, it's, that's why I don't think it's just a regular cold because it feels like it's something else. And I haven't been sick this often <laughs> as I have been during the last, what is it now, two two years then, almost two years. Uh, I remember we got something late, late 2019 the first time which felt weird and it was clinging on for a really long time and then in what january or something right it really started kind of you know taking off in 2020 i mean january 2020 started taking off with all the stuff in china and stuff like that right so that's what i would say about it so i think i think it's i think it's real in the sense that it is something people experience i'm have something and it doesn't feel like a normal cold 
Uh, it lingers for longer. It goes like a wave. It's almost like a designer drug. I was talking with Lana about it. It's like a designer drug in the sense that it's like it, it you can kind of be really out of it, in the, you know, feverish and stuff like that. And then you you it passes and it doesn't feel that bad. And then it comes another wave at you and, and, and another wave and another wave. So it feels very unnatural. And so that's what I would say about it. And and that's the last thing I'll say about it. But again, it's, t- it's not a it's not a big issue, e- even though it's it, this is how they made it. You know, it's what I think anyway. Uh, it's not a big issue if you do have some other, you know, if you're immunocompromised or if you have other issues that you're dealing with that could put you in, in greater risk. Sure. I mean, to, to take precautions, that's totally fine. It's what I felt uh, worth shutting down civilization over and destroying our countries and uh, ruining everyone's uh, small businesses and hand over all our money to uh, to Bezos and, and Elon Musk and, and these other new newly big pharma billionaires. Uh, no, definitely not. Uh, I take my chances with, with my immune system. That's what we should have done from the start. Let it run through the population. This is what we've done through every flu season. Is it sl- slightly different? Yeah, probably, right? Uh, but not that drastically different. Let it run through the population. You develop immunity and then you're good to go, right? Uh, but if this is released intentionally or accidentally and got out from a lab, uh, you know, then it doesn't definitely is not that like murderous virus, which we've seen, uh, you know, kind of in the movies. It's more of a case-demic, right? They, they, just because you're feeling some symptoms, they tell you, you're part of this pandemic now and stuff like that. But anyway, I think that's what I would like to say about that. Just to keep that short, uh, we do have a lot to get into today uh, about the situation in Afghanistan and the Taliban. So I hope I can make myself clear uh, and that these waves of uh, fatigue and brain fog that's come and gone over the last few days isn't too hard during the live stream here and that I can make my uh, case, if you will, or pre- or present some ideas that I have regarding what we're, what we're seeing uh, in Afghanistan and uh, that this is not simply ineptitude, it's not simply a failure, it's not simply an accident or a mistake. It, there, there's, there's other things that we see here and I'll try to kind of present that and lay that out here today. Uh, anyway, Good of you all to join us, to appreciate it. Um, I'm Henrik, if you're new, by the way, I forgot to mention that. RedEyes.tv, that's the website where you can check out our stuff. Uh, you can also, of course, go to RedEyesMembers.com, sign up over there for a membership and get access to everything we do. Good way of supporting the show as well. Uh, we did not do a Weekend Warrior this weekend, but I will make it up. I, th- I was going to do actually another uh, stream, I think. Maybe I'll squeeze that in Thursday. Uh, depends a little bit on the schedule. We'll see what we can do, but I intended to do that. Uh, actually Sunday and I just I that was actually the worst day I felt as as the worst wasn't that bad but it was uh, the worst as it was then um all right so uh you can also join us today in a couple of ways uh antipstream.live slash red eyes tv that should be up and running over there I appreciate everyone joining us over there helps to support the show as well uh Bill Hoover is over there uh, already thank you Bill Hoover let me r- refresh actually and read that sometimes entropy can be a bit sluggish here uh, let me refresh that. And he said, what does Bill say here? It's actually very slow. Sorry about that. Do I have to return to this? I'll give you two more seconds. One, two. No? Okay. All right. I have to return to that. Odyssey. <laughs> let me do those other ones then. Odyssey.com. Let me grab this here. Odyssey.com slash at Red Eyes TV. You can join us over there too. I, I saw a couple over there. Uh, did I miss? No, there we are. Um, 
You is over there. Says, uh, says hope you and Lana are feeling better soon. Yep, it's we're we're heading out of it. It's just kind of that last scraggly bits. But again, that's what's kind of different about it. It's it's annoying in the sense that it just lingers. It it goes up and down in waves for days and days. Where you think normally your immune system would just be purging this thing, and it will be out of the picture, right? Uh, but again, no big deal. Um, Jack Passmore says, Odyssey, baby, live Red Ice TV. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. Appreciate that. What do we have? We had two over on Odyssey. Yep, you can join us over there. Otherwise, I see some of you guys over on Trova as well. Uh, we appreciate you uh, sending spells and stuff like that over there. Uh, I do try to keep an eye on it, but I do admit that I miss it the easiest way, the most uh, confident way, if you want to send us a super chat today, uh, is through EnterpreStream, uh, EnterpreStream.live slash Red Ice TV or Odyssey. Uh, that's really the best way. But I do appreciate you guys over there. I see Silas first sending some uh, stay safe spells. That's nice of you. HP Lovecraft on fire. Very nice. Uh, what else did we have? Let me scroll back up there. We had uh, Buckshot433 with a couple of spells. Vanilla Sandy with a Leon Lime. Thank you. Uh, and also, what do we have? Rain Pipe. I believe it is. Intranet Explorer. Where else do we have? Uh, I think that's it. Bob. Bob7076. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. <clears throat> and hopefully, I'll I'll not try. I won't. I, I was going to try not to lose my voice uh, as well today. I, I kind of lost it Sunday after talking too much on on the Saturday. So hopefully that <laughs> that doesn't happen. Uh, so if I have to go quieter, I will. But uh, anyway, okay. Uh, Bill Hoover on on Edby Streams says I had the same thing a couple of weeks ago. It's the weirdest sickness. You feel you just feel weird and not really sure if you're sick and if it just lingers on. Yeah. Yeah, in a way, it's and at times it's you're out of the woods and you feel like, all right, fine, it's it's got starting to ease off. Let's let's go do something or let's you know get some work done, and then you uh, start feeling tired again and fatigued and dizzy and you can get a little brain fog stuff like that. Uh, but as I said, I think it's designed. I, I think that's what it is. And and so you know the vaccine will make it worse, right? New strands of this thing, and then they will spread this. Who maybe we got the? What if we got this from someone that was vaccinated, right? Or we got it from someone that we knew that was close to someone that got a vaccine or something, right? The shedding process, uh, the spiked spike proteins. I, I, again, I'm not sure what happens, but apparently, you know, they can through um, what sweat, sweat essentially, right? Through their pores uh, or actually even grosser through the uh, feces, I guess, right? Your body purges a lot of that. N not that I would say anyone would get this on their hands, but apparently, uh, you know, things... Yeah, you know, let's be gross here, but if things, if you walk into a public bathroom or something and something smells, that's particles flying around. I mean, it's just the reality of it, right? So, uh, you know, but you can also get it through uh, precipitate, um, through the breath, right? Through the aerosol, aerosolized uh, saliva and stuff like that. So maybe it's the vaccine. What, what do I know, right? Anyway, um, enough of that. I don't want to spend too much time talking about that. It's, it's, it's dumb and we've, <laughs> we've ruined our civilization over this. Uh, but who knows? Maybe it's maybe that's for the better at the end, eh? Uh, okay, so obviously, you guys know uh, you know what's going on here uh, with the situation in Afghanistan. We can do a couple of random things here at first, and then we'll try to kind of we'll look at some of the history of this and uh, show that this doesn't just kind of come out of nowhere, right? This is there's a reason for this uh, that it's happening. I kind of have my own thoughts and feelings at this point and and, and including the the two different the, the the sides that we are expected to take in this too is kind of interesting because we do have kind of some of our own um it's the word i'm looking fetish fetishizing admiring even 
uh, the Taliban. And and maybe on surface level, I can understand some of that. Uh, but if we go a little deeper, which I intend to do, I, I, I don't think that's a good idea. And I'll show you why a little bit later. Uh, I know California over on Entropy Stream says, sorry to hear you're sick. Wishing you and your family the best. Yep, no worries. Uh, these these things happen again. I used to be, I not didn't used to get sick uh, like this. Usually my, you know, ideally your immune system can deal with it. You don't even develop any symptoms. It just passes on, move forward, you know. I've been boosting up on C and zinc and vitamin C, uh, D, D3, zinc, C, and a number of other things too. Uh, you know, fish oil, try to, um, you know, stay somewhat detoxed and stuff like that. But that's why I think it's something designer. Uh, I think it's uh, latches on in a way that different uh, previous natural viruses didn't used to do. Uh, but what do I know? Okay. So uh, let's begin with this. So this is, you know, funny uh, CNN reporter here talking about uh, a bizarre situation where the Taliban is chanting uh, death to America. Uh, but then they seem friendly at the same time. Short clip. Did you guys see this yet? This is uh, kind of funny, actually. They're just chanting death to America, but they seem friendly at the same time. It's utterly bizarre. At the president... Is that bizarre? Just... <clears throat> is that bizarre? I don't think if, if it, they didn't say death to Americans, right? Why wouldn't they not be friendly towards her? This is the, the dichotomy, dichotomy here, and we'll talk about this, that it's like one side expects these people to be you know, monsters, and maybe the earlier iteration of them were when we get into the history later. But but I also think it's merged into, formed something over the last 30, what is it now, 30 plus years that the Taliban has been around in kind of in, in its current form. It, it's kind of changed a bit over that time too. Uh, but of course, there's an interesting history to this. Uh, but it's it, it's kind of, I'm bringing this up because you can see the same type of comments made if one of these mainstream journalists uh, goes to uh, let's say a um, uh, a white nationalist meeting or something you know and even if it actually isn't they would they would classify it as such or, or or whatever you know what i mean like a uh, an event somewhere or something and it's like oh my god these these people are actually nice they have to be they have to be faking it they're putting it on right um it is utterly bizarre that these people cannot understand this. Like, yeah, they might have a different agenda than you. Doesn't mean they have to be assholes. And don't you, wouldn't you, wouldn't you, wouldn't, wouldn't you, like, you can't blame them after everything that they have been through in Afghanistan? Would they, should, should they love America? No, I, I don't know, right? Uh, anyway, let's talk about the Biden thing here real quick. And I'll kind of dive into some more depth and, and try to make this a little bit more, I guess, maybe not chronological is the right word here, but, uh, you know, kind of just a, a string of of developments that have happened, and some overlaying, you know, overlaying some thoughts on this of what we're seeing. Uh, but the, apparently, I guess we're not hundred percent certain that this is what it is. But there were apparently the Taliban was trolling uh, Biden on Twitter by posting uh, with ice cream, right? Americans trapped in Afghanistan told you were on your own <laughs> on top of this, and we'll talk more about that later. They were trying to, you know airlift people out of there really quick and stuff like that. But Afghanistan f fell, if you will, um, very, very quickly. And 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 at least on the surface, at least officially, we're being told that this happened so quickly that it caught everybody off guard kind of thing. But I, I think that's wrong as well. Anyway, the Taliban sent Joe Biden a message Tuesday by posing for a photograph, which later ended up on Twitter, showing fighters holding ice cream cones based. Very nice. Uh, and of course, we do have 
you know, and this is one of the reasons why people bring it up, right? The uh, the ice cream man himself, uh, Joe Biden, right? Uh, so the question is here: Does he the does this guy decide anything at all? Right? Is is he part of this? Is it because of his failure that we're seeing this, <coughs> or is there something else going on here? Right? <coughs> Excuse me if I cough in between. I try to mute that. But the ice cream thing is kind of interesting, though. I, I tweeted this out earlier too, but apparently, you know, we we, we talk about the competence of. Of good old Joe all the time, right? But apparently ice cream is a very um, uh, effective tool, they call it here, from the uh, California Central Coast chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. A very powerful and effective tool uh, to help deal with, uh, with, the, with the troubling and difficult disease. And so people have argued that this is one of the reasons why uh, Biden is given all this ice cream, or, or allowed rather, <clears throat> excuse me, allowed to uh, eat so much ice cream. Uh, and that could be part of it, of course. We, we, we don't know. Um, but I don't think that this man... So we've had the conservatives uh, kind of press on this, that it's like this is this is Biden's failure and stuff. And th- there could be a slight layer to this in the sense that, you know, he's the commander-in-chief and uh, if if he didn't do certain things or direct the military to do certain things... Obviously, that could be a, that could be a consequence that something would happen. But but regardless, what we've seen over the last uh, well, definitely under the Trump administration, so the previous you know four years before Biden came in, was a military that basically didn't listen to uh, the commander in chief, uh, and they kind of did what they wanted. Right? He wanted to do certain things. They advised against that, or they did what they wanted to do. Which is I forget which scenario this happened. I think it was something regarding the the conflict in Syria. Uh, when Trump wanted to do something and the military just denied or just didn't do it, so there's obviously be a schism and a, and a and a split here, right? So you would you would assume that the military would or could take actions even if the commander in chief didn't tell them to do something, right? So we'll uh, we'll detail that a bit later too. Uh, we'll talk about uh, why uh, potentially. Uh, the the general <clears throat> accusation might not be kind of the uh, the only thing that's going on here, uh, but this was funny too. Uh, free speech, quick clip here. Uh, they were asked the the Taliban had a press conference. Uh, it's in uh, Kabul. Uh, I think it was Al Jazeera that uh, translated some of this here. But they were asked about the issue of freedom of speech. So you know the the, the women, all the the UN global liberal talking points were brought up. Right? What do you? What are you going to do about women? And what about women's rights? And what about uh, educating girls? And, you know, things like that. And also, what about all the censorship, right? You're censoring uh, the Taliban too much. This is not good. What are you, what, what are you going to do about that? But this was uh, his reply. Listen to this here. English coming. This question should be asked to those people who are uh, claiming to be promoters of freedom of speech, uh, who do not allow uh, publication of all information. I can ask Facebook uh, company. This question should be asked to them. Based? <clears throat> Pretty based. I, I, I'll take it. I'll take it. Was there some? So someone said in the middle of there, and I, and I don't know if that's what he said. Did he say something about Jewish? 
Listen to the translator then. Maybe he's misspeaking or something. But right in the middle of that, let me, let me see if they, he said that. And, and of course, I'm saying the Taliban then would kind of like point that out as as an as a thing, right? Uh, because they're, I don't know. Is there? I, I assume. I just I just assume that there's this slew of like these guys are anti-Semitic and bad for Israel, and we get a you know blah blah blah. You could say that they're a benefit too, in the in the way that ISIS was a benefit. We'll talk more about that later. So I I would take that side to this. But if officially, I'm saying you, I, I, it stands to reason that the mainstream media would kind of levy a, a charge like this against the Taliban to make them kind of look bad, right? But let, let us see here. This question should be asked to those people who are uh, claiming to be promoters of freedom of speech, uh, who do not allow uh, publication of all information. I can ask Facebook. And do you wish? Is that what he say, says it right there? Uh, publication of all information. And you I can ask Facebook. I don't know. Maybe not. <clears throat> Maybe I'm hearing things. Uh, I saw that. I saw people were saying that though. You know, all the people that control uh, speech in America, right? We have, uh, what, what do we have? Mark Zuckerberg, uh, to a certain extent, I guess, Dorsey, right? But you have, uh, uh, of course, Susan Wojcicki uh, and stuff like that. And, of course, we could talk about the mainstream media as well. But anyway, uh, so anyway, I'll take that. Uh, I'll take that as a good counterpoint uh, as, of course, Americans uh, and many in the West overall are being uh, suppressed for their opinions and, and censored much in the same way. I don't say that the Western censors are, are the Taliban, uh, but I'm saying there's overlaps in in the blame that the West is trying to, you know, levy or the charges that try to levy, levy against a group like the Taliban is much of the thing that they themselves are actually engaged in. But because it's things they hate or they don't want to hear, they're ignoring this and pretending it's not really happening kind of thing, right? Um, now, let me see what else we had here. The UNICEF thing was kind of interesting, too. Uh, UNICEF uh, is talking, sorry, is taking the Taliban at face value on promise to educate women and girls. So I guess InfoWars is going to try to point out the, the, the naivety, which of course is understandable, of uh, international groups. And they're trying to argue that, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, they 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 just <laughs> the Taliban says something and then they will believe them and say oh well they they, they say they're going to do this so I, I'm sure we'll be fine right uh, here's from the Reuters account here UNICEF quite optimistic <coughs> excuse me quite optimistic after Taliban comments on girls education official says we're having an ongoing discussion uh, or we, we are we have ongoing discussions we are quite optimistic based on those discussions UNICEF chief of field operations in Afghanistan said uh, we have not a single issue with the Taliban in those field offices Masua added uh, a spokesperson for the UN High Commission for Human Rights also stated Tuesday that we call on the Taliban to demonstrate through their actions not just their words that their fears for the safety of so many people from so many different walks of life are addressed. The terrorist group also held a press conference where it said it is committed to the rights of women within the framework of Sharia. So that kind of makes sense, right? Uh, <clears throat> of course, they. so I won't immediately... Uh, we can listen to this in a moment here. I don't think it's too long from uh, Al Jazeera here, but <clears throat> I wouldn't... They always have this idea that the, the the boogeyman that they're presenting to us, which, you know, kind of in one way is the Taliban. It's a little, how do I put this, watching the trends in the media, it's kind of split a little bit. There's some that are 
it, it, they're very concerned about this issue of like LGBT rights now in, in Afghanistan and women's rights and what's going to happen with all, with all these things from the media. But then at the same time, they kind of have a cautious like, well, uh, you know, they say they're going to do this and, and maybe we should just uh, maybe we should just trust them. I think this is innate inability of especially le leftist and liberal um you know, especially journalists and stuff like that too, but people in, you know, somewhat of positions of, of influence or talking heads to like strictly kind of just come down on a on a group if they're Muslims or something like that. Like they, they're they not allowed to do that in a sense. So they have to kind of respect them. They have to, I, I'm not so concerned with all these, you know, over the top accusations that are like, oh, they're going to, they're going to kill everybody and it's going to be a mass slaughter. It, usually it's like the boogie, the boogeyman scenario that they wheel out usually is way exaggerated. That's what we've, we've seen historically. Uh, things that they don't talk that much about, on the other hand, seems to be much worse than they actually admit. So it's always this kind of flip. You have to you have to be kind of be careful how the media reports this. And it feels it hasn't really fallen out on one or the other side yet. It's kind of split, and that's usually what happens early on in the process, before they figured out well who's controlling this. Can we is this to our benefit? Why is this happening and stuff like that, right? Uh, but if you look at the history, of course, you know that the Taliban has been a tool. For many decades, you know, for the U.S., they were they were invented essentially by the U.S. And we'll we'll, we'll uh, look at that more in a moment here. Let me see if what the, I don't think it's, this is too long. Let's see what they said here. Yeah, let's see what they said about the women. The issue of women is very important. The Islamic Emirate is committed to the rights of women within the framework of Sharia. Our sisters, our women have the same. Uh, rights will be able to benefit from their rights. They can have activities in different sectors and different areas on the basis of our rules and regulations, educational, health, and other areas. They are going to be working with us, shoulder to shoulder with us. And the international community, if they have concerns, we would like to assure them that there's not going to be any discrimination against women, but of course within the frameworks uh, that we have. Our women are Muslim. They are will also be happy to be living within our frameworks of Sharia. Yeah, so they have their... Let me stop there. So they have their way of doing things, which is like I'm totally fine with that, obviously, right? The the weird thing comes in when, and and I had some notes about this later, but again, I'm kind of, I do apologize. I'm, I'm a little um, discombobulated today, and, I, and maybe it does not come out the way I want to today because of <clears throat> being a little foggy here today. But uh, it's almost, uh, how do I explain this? And I hope that this is a thread throughout here as well, that it's like, if... If what they're pushing in Afghanistan with the Sharia, or or, or when they're pushing something like Sharia or, or something in the in the in Afghanistan, excuse me, then it's almost this warning. It's like this is this is worrying. What's going to happen with women women's rights? What about the LGBTQ issues? And oh my God, what's going to happen now? And of course, we've seen from the airports and stuff, just like what looks like. At the airports, thousands and thousands of people try to get away. We've seen footage uh, of 
what has been reported to be over 3 million people so far fleeing from Afghanistan, Afghanistan into Turkey. And they're headed to Europe right now. And that's, of course, part of this, you know, problem, reaction, migration uh, scenario that's that we're seeing. Or, or even problem, reaction, invasion. But we'll talk more about that later. I'm, be- I'm beating myself uh, to the punch here. But it's but the point is I want to make is it's bad if if those things are criticized in Afghanistan under under Sharia. But if Western liberal globalist progressives are advocating for Afghanis and many all these other people to come to the West, then the the LGBTQ rights thing is put to the side. They're fine with Sharia courts if it's like in in England or in Sweden uh, or in Germany. They look the other way for that. That's now that's their beautiful religion. You have to show, you know, uh, respect to them and stuff like that. And and they're almost okay with that, that they want it there. And it's like that march that happened through Sweden, right? There was like a kind of a cocky conservative that that arranged an LGBT uh, pride uh, parade through a, a certain segment of, I think it was Malmö, close to Malmö. And that, where it's like a lot of Muslim populations, right? And then, of course, the, the the liberal press they they ended up siding with the the Muslims that this was offensive and this is not good, you know. So you have that schism or dichotomy that it's like they 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 want it to a certain extent at the same time, but if it Trump, it, it depends on where it is. That's what I've, my conclusion is. It depends on what geographical area that it pops up. And then they're either for it or against it because of because of that. It always have to side against white people, though. That's number one, or or native Europeans. And number two is if it's white, like liberal ideas such as the LGBT stuff, ideas and and pride things and and all that stuff in their countries, then then that is then that's the priority. That's the main concern, right? So if it's tradi- if it's traditional conservative, so to speak, Islamic values in their countries, then that's a problem, right? Uh, Anyway, here's the uh, State Department calling on the Taliban to form an inclusive and representative government. This is what's so funny about it, right? Like, are you serious? Like, is this, is this the the concerns that you have? Is this why, how are you going to, how you're going to do this? So they, they tried for 20 plus years to enforce a a version of a society of a, of a, of of how to run a civilization that not only doesn't work in the west but absolutely does not work in these middle eastern countries where there, where these people are engaged in nation building and try to tear everything down and and just by military force they try to keep a system in place and as soon as that you know they they ease off a little bit it just falls back and I won't say 100% back to normal because the Taliban in of themselves is an inorganic a group that didn't rise up, you know, organically, but it's but it's based on something that has been there before, obviously, right? Uh, anyway, listen to what he says here, the, uh, the State Department. Additionally, the UN Security Council issued a joint press statement earlier today calling for a new government that is united, inclusive, and representative including with the full and full and meaningful participation of women. The council spoke with one voice to underscore that Afghanistan must abide by its international obligations, including to international humanitarian law 
and ensure the safety and security of all Afghans and international citizens. Additionally, the UN Security Council... <clears throat> so inclusivity... What what about the women? Are you gonna are you gonna help the women? <laughs> this and it's like, is this just let you've tortured these people for twenty plus years, and these are the and these are the issues that you're going to uh, that you're going to bring forward and, and and levy against them. And of course, at the same time, ironically, then they themselves have said like, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do that. And, and I and even worse is almost then when Western media they they almost believe that as well well they did well unicef right and as in this case well we're well they're saying they're going to do that so that they, they, they probably will right and, and they might i'm not i'm not saying that they won't they, they they most likely under sharia you know they will do it but that these groups that have drumming you know get human rights abuses they they see if i can explain this they've used the engines of media ngos and organizations like the un you know unicef in this regard but it's a branch of, of the un of the united nations to make accusations accusations and charges against groups like the taliban that they're they're a violation of human rights and stuff and they had all these stories in the beginning these sob stories of why america needed to go in there to begin with yes there's a 9-11 you know kind of connection which is which is on of itself is bogus uh, I believe I, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that 9/11 was executed from a cave in in the Tora Bora Mountains. Uh, I just. I, I just don't buy that. Um, but that's what they. That's what they use as an excuse. And I remember some of the history here. We'll talk, I'll talk about that just in a moment. But just like, oh my God, they're taking away uh, cassette tapes from from people in Afghanistan now. The Taliban has to be stopped. They're, they're you know human rights abuses and stuff. And now. And now they're just going to end up pretend like they're going to end up believing these people that they worked against for like, you know, 20 plus years. Um, so here was also one accusation. Taliban, and this is on Fox News here, but Taliban now going door to door seeking retribution on American allies. Credible sources say, I have no idea what to make of this. This could just be pure, you know, Fox News, uh, William Crystal type propaganda here, which of course, you know, Fox News was was essentially built on, right? Neocon nonsense. And it might not at all be happening. At the same time, I would totally understand if the Taliban wanted to do something like this and they would simply have pushed back and say anybody who worked with the Americans, this this regime that had been well, killing, killing us and our people for uh, for over two decades, you're going to pay, right? Anyway, listen to what they uh, said regarding this. Here. And again, it's always this. Well, it's just a very uh, a very credible source said this. What? Who? Where? Bullshit. First to national security correspondent Jennifer Griffin. Uh, she's live at the Pentagon with some breaking details. Jennifer, what? Oh, good. More, uh, more women journalists. <laughs> what did you just learn from the Kirby briefing that happened at the Pentagon a short time ago? Well, Sandra, that briefing just ended, but first, I've just received a very credible first-hand report. I'm having some buffer issues today. Is that, uh, is that Twitter or is that my end? From those on the ground in Kabul saying that the Taliban are going... 
All right, let me go out full screen. And see going door to door, looking for those who had worked with, had fought alongside the Americans, and they are looking already for retribution. There are terrified people cowering their houses, trying to destroy any evidence that they had worked with the Americans. What we learned from John Kirby, the press secretary here at the Pentagon, we learned the defense secretary authorized another battalion from the 82nd Airborne, which had been on standby in Kuwait, to go to Kabul. That should bring the number of of U.S. troops authorized to return to Afghanistan to 6,000. As of now, there are 2,500 at the Kabul airport. Another 500 are expected to land by tomorrow once flights resume at the international airport. No flights are taking off right now, according to Kirby, as U.S. troops try to secure the airport and regain control after thousands of Afghans flooded the tarmac. Two security incidents to mention at the Kabul International Airport today, with two armed Afghans killed by U.S. troops. Uh, they had a hostile intent, according to John Kirby. No indication, however, that they were Taliban, according to Kirby. There is a preliminary report that one U.S. service member was injured in the melee and shooting at the airport today. As of now, only a few hundred people have been evacuated from Kabul on U.S. flights. 22,000 could be flown to bases in the U.S. Negotiations are continuing for a third country, for another country in the region to process about 8,000 SIVs, especially immigrant visas. All right, so that's the other thing to this, and, and I was obviously we need to talk about this here, but the, that's the issue of immigration, right, in the wake of this. Refugees, new waves, and of course that's also, I think, one of the reasons why they, why they drum this up, this, uh, you know, oh my God, they're, they're going door to door, we have to get these people out and stuff, and so every, everybody who potentially had some kind of disagreements with the Taliban, be that their values or because of other issues, all of those people, and we might be—we don't even know how many million we might be talking about. All of them need to, if not, you know, walk into Turkey and then being taken to Europe. The rest of them need to be flown into the. I have a fly in the goddamn studio here. Sorry about this. <laughs> it's like everything's going wrong today. Uh, they need to be flown out of Afghanistan straight into the U.S. and allegedly, reportedly, there's even American citizens which they have left behind in favor of taking certain Afghanis that they were working with and stuff like that, right? And this is how insane it is, where they basically are just saying, you are on your own, uh, um, you are on your own, and we can't even guarantee your safety if you want to get to the airport for us to take you out. And we, you know, there's some crazy footage of this that have come out as well, right? So there's, you, you always have to keep that in mind, that they would... It stands to reason that they would try to drum up as much lies about this as possible to say that the Taliban is doing something which they might not actually be doing. Yeah, there's the fly. Um, and uh, yeah, they might not be doing that just to give us the, the excuse that all these people need to be saved, essentially. And they say, well, now it's our fault, right? They, this is our responsibility, so we, what can we do? We have to just fly them all out. Uh, you know, tens of thousands of people need to go to the U.S. now. And millions more, I think, millions, when we talk about Europe, are going to walk across the border. They're gonna, they're, they're on their way to Turkey right now. We show the footage of that uh, at the end of a couple of shows. I've showed it a couple of times. Uh, massive uh, just crowds coming, right? But so this is, and, and again, we, so we, we, can't, we don't know if this is true or not. Here's a Mustafa 47, and, and again, who, who knows, right? Pa Taliban started door-to-door -door searching for 
government officials, former police and security forces members, and those who worked for foreign countries, NGOs, or, or infrastructures in Afghanistan. At least three journalist uh, houses were searched in the last hour. Kabul is now becoming deadly. This is a game changer for us all. Many have started counting their final hours of life in Kabul. Nobody knows what happens next. Pray for us. And it feels a little bit like this is the, the, the pleading, right? You have to you have to save us kind of thing. Now, I'm not saying this isn't happening. It could very well be happening. And it would, in fact, be understandable if it is. <clears throat> um, but, I, but, it, but it also just feels like it's being used as, as the excuse to get the West and America and Europe specifically to open their to open their borders, to, to to fly all these people in, to save them, right? So the the simple answer to the equation here is, number one, America should never have gone in. Number two, all the coalition forces that joined them should never have joined with them, NATO and, you know, but even Sweden, who's not a NATO country, joined in on this. We had like uh, 200 troops for a while in, in Afghanistan and stuff like that, which is just dumb, right? Uh, but yes, I know what 9-11 was used as the excuse and we got to, you know, root out these, you know, terrorists and stuff like that. But the Taliban had been created by the U.S. that were used against the Soviet Union to fight them there. And then either it continued to be a, a group used, which I kind of believe for the longest time, or they or they went rogue. But regardless, the, the, the people who created this group bears the responsibility. It's not stri- strictly just the United States. It's the people that control the United States. They're the ones who are at fault at this, right? you got to let these countries deal with their own issues. They have to sort this out internally. If you have a, a, a bigger force or another third party coming to the situation, going to play referee and stuff like that. First of all, these people will never learn. If, if there is something that's truly problematic for the people internally, they have they have to deal with this problem internally in the country. Uh, is that unfair? Yeah, maybe. I, I, I don't know. But it, but it, uh, all that's going to happen otherwise is you're going to have large swaths of these people inside of a country never learning to throw off um, uh, their, their or, or, or fight back against their uh, oppressors, essentially, right? And it will and they will just become dependent on 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 someone else to secure them and their security and stuff like that. This has been happening for forever, as long as nations have been uh, around. Obviously, long before that, different groups have different opinions, and then they split. Different countries are created, different regions, and all that stuff. Um, and I'm sure if it was left to its own devices, something like that would have happened. If if the majority of these Afghanis didn't want to live under Sharia law, but Many of them will t- are supportive of this too. Well, we have footage of that too later. Uh, oh, this is this is great. They're sharing. This is they think is wonderful. We're finally being liberated from the great Satan. You know, America's presence has, is diminished, and they're leaving. And this is amazing, right? So we got a question: Who it is that's fleeing here? Who who are the people that are getting on these planes and try to get a ride to America? Uh, but anyway, well, one thing at a time. We have a lot to uh, talk about here. Let me take a couple of entropies. Um. Let me see here. T-Bear says on Entropy Stream, that's entropystream.live slash TV. Hail Henrik, do you think China will make moves on Taiwan now that American empire has shown its feckless weakness? Uh, abs- it's very possible. It's very possible. But we should always remember that if they wanted to do something, if America wanted to do something here, even the coalition forces, the broader context, they could have done something. I think, you know, ignorance and ineptitude 
and incompetence is not uh, the main issue here. It's definitely part of it. I'm not saying that it it, it led to this, uh, but if they, I mean, there's, they're the most powerful military for now in the world, and they could they could have done something to prevent the Taliban from from getting gaining all this territory. And, and, and I mean, it collapsed in the in this what was this again the scope of eleven days. And furthermore, they they knew that something like this. They, they knew for months and months and months and months that they were going to pull out. They knew that they're going to diminish the military force. Yes, they, the U.S. have been training all these forces. But again, Mark Milley, and we'll, talk, we'll show that clip here in a bit, talks about how we had no idea that this would be happening. Oh, yeah, really? We have clips going back over 10 years ago where Americans try to educate these Afghanis and these Afghani security forces and the Afghan military. It was hopeless useless. These people were not interested. They didn't even have the IQ to figure out what they were supposed to do. It it just did. How can this win out of the blue for the for the military? It, 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 it can't. It's that's impossible. So we'll show those clips. We'll do that in a, in a beer here. But yeah, T-Bar, to your point, China might. Uh, I mean, they're going to. So, you know, there is another force controlling China. Because they're now the new America. America was the hammer. America was the hammer of uh, uh, the international internationalist forces, and and therefore every problem, as as uh, uh, NATO chief uh, Wesley Clark said, right? Every problem has to look like like a nail. America is the hammer, and, and every problem needs to look like a nail, so we can deal with it. China is now the favored one. Belt and Road Initiative, they're stabbing America in the back. They've, you've, you know, thank you, bye-bye. They screwed America in the... Sorry, but they screwed America in the ass. They were raped by these people, and now it's lying, you know, crying in the shower, basically. Uh, and it's not, not a pretty sight, and it's not right. Um, but China is the new is the new hammer, I think. Belt and Road Initiative, and, and there's a lot of other forces tied into this too, but they're leaving America. They're, they're, that, that's what this is too. It's kind of a, it's a symbolic gesture. I, I understand that's weaved into it as well, why they're walking away in this way. It, it also, it looks like weakness, but there is a lot, don't be fooled, there is a lot more strength here still than, than you should... If there was a real threat somewhere, including inside of America, obviously, like we're kind of seeing now, right? You know, white nationalist is the new Al Qaeda now and stuff, and they've like shifted focus over to that. Then that's maybe that's part of it too. They just they're not interested in this anymore. This played its role. They got all the poppy, uh, the, the poppy production, the opium production out of the situation that they wanted. We've done that for a few decades, and there's a new game in town now. We don't care about this. It's like, well, what about Israel? Huh? They might be able to take care of themselves at this point with all the nukes and all the technology that they have. I, I, I don't know. They also, they are also cutting new deals with Saudi Arabia and stuff like that, right? Um, and part of this Belt and Road Initiative, which is, which is, you know, on, I'd say not solely under China's wing, but they're one of the biggest partner in the in the Belt and Road Initiative, uh, together with Israel and some of these other countries. I know California says a guy with uh, 80 IQ just dunks on the entire American establishment. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You mean the uh, <laughs> the the guy, the free speech guy? That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, I'm the one who feels with, like I have 80 IQ right now. 
but it comes and goes. It's like 110, 100, 115, and then it's 78. Uh, thank you, Anu California. Michael, 57DE, good to see you. Uh, Michael says, Hail Henrik, hail the gods. Glad you made it. Um, uh, but you sound pretty up, uh, beat up. Uh, yeah, it's, it sounds worse than it is, I know. Uh, check this out. The, this PUS is the guy that the conservatives trot out as their mouthpiece against the degenerate left. Wow, I gotta save that link, sir. I do appreciate you sending me that. We can do that at the end. I'll add it at the end, and hopefully we can uh, uh, piece that in. I want to try to stick to uh, Afghanistan. Otherwise, we get... <laughs> the always... Afghan ambassador Whoa. says the Taliban... Sorry about that. Wrong keyboard. That's my bad. Otherwise, we can always uh, play it a little bit later at the end of the show or Friday. That's what I was going to say. Okay, so thank you, uh, Michael. I appreciate that. Very kind of you. Let me do these real quick here. Robothink. Almost thought there wasn't going to be a red eye show today. Yeah, I, I, it was close. A close call. It's always nice to get that no-go zone dig, big, big dick energy boost to help us get through the week. Well, thank you. We, we, uh, we aim to please, sir. Bill Hoover. Uh, what went down in Afghanistan just proves everything was just a scam the entire time. They probably withdraw so sloppy so black market gun dealers could sweep up the guns during this chaos, just like that movie Lord of War, the movie about small hat that stole all the weapons in the Eastern Bloc. Lord of War, I recognize that. Um, is that a, is there, is there a somewhat of an older movie? I think I, I, I have to rewatch that. But yeah, I think I, I think I know which one you're talking about, Bill. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, scam, it, it was, it, it's played out its role. I mean, it was, uh, it was absolutely real, I think, for the longest time in the sense that they wanted to have, you know, change things, um, military bases in the region, all that kind of stuff, right? Poppy oil production and stuff. But again, the, the American empire is waning and not because they, not because of something natural occurring, uh, more or less. It's, 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 it's unnatural. Uh, because you have people up high that's pulling those strings. Thank you, Bill Hoover. Archie says, Afghanistan fertility rate was eight children per woman from 1920 to 2000, then declined to four. Yeah, declined to four under, obviously it was not a Western lifestyle, but there were elements of Western uh, thinking, uh, education, and again, here we go with the women's rights and, you know, uh, all those things, right? Maybe even some LGBT. I don't know how much they managed to shove that on Afghanis themselves. You know, but we'll talk more about that later too. Uh, Archie says, that will it go back up or has the damage been done? Well, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm totally okay with uh, Afghanistan having uh, for a while less than uh, uh, below fertility rate, right? Let me just see here real quick. Let me see. Demographics. Population of Afghanistan, 30, no, four, 40 million. 40 million in 2021. And uh, how is how big is the... I have to look at a map, but I think that's pretty, uh, pretty dense, right? It's pretty densely populated, that 40 million people. Obviously, it's not, nowhere near a uh, Pakistan or an India or something like that, or China. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I don't think the damage is done. I think they, they will probably uh, get they'll pro they will probably get it back up, <laughs> pun intended, I guess. Uh, 
But that's interesting. Yeah, eight, eight children per week. Uh, so, so that's the Western. I mean, that's that shows that that's, you know, suicidal in that, in that way as well, right? Um, Wise Wildfire, thank you, uh, sir, for the, the donation. Appreciate that. Um, says Afghanistan average IQ 84. Yeah, so we have those clips showing how the U.S. military is trying to educate these people. Right, so still kind of feel two of two minds of it. I listened to when we look at this one, the the one on one here with the Taliban spokesperson on MSNBC. I look at that and I'm kind of like, I feel symp I feel sympathy for them. On one end, because the, the it, of how unjustly they've been treated over the last twenty years, and then at the same time, I feel these boys were also just put in this position by the U.S. and said they were a tool for the longest time. Don't sympathize with the tool. And then a third layer to that is, but at the same time, they also reflect a genuine sentiment in the country. This is something that was sprung at least out of their way of thinking, their culture, their religion and stuff like that. But that does not make it free from its issues and its problems. And that's one of the strongest points I want to make a bit later too, regarding this kind of way that we see some people on the right kind of admire uh, you know what the Taliban did here and, they, and and they're kind of taking it as a symbol that look at the, they threw off the shackles of the American Empire you know we can do this no no they let this happen if they didn't want this happen it wouldn't happen trust me and it doesn't mean you can you know <laughs> do what they did here or something like that it's just it, it's not going to happen right not at this point anyway not yet uh, but it, but it, but at the same time, it's a symbolic gesture that, yeah, the the, the time of of what America used to be is 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 drawing to a close, right? Uh, I know California. Thank you, Wise, for that. I appreciate that. Uh, I know Californian says Black Pigeon Speak had a great video about U.S. involvement in Afghanistan. He says it was a sandbox to create harder warriors and develop new tactics. Let's hope the elites don't turn them on us. Yeah, and then at the same time, the, some of them at least, they just couldn't. I, I, I still don't know what distinguishes. It's It looks like the Taliban, either through method or... I'm not sure if it's a... Gen, I, I don't think there's a genetic difference. I, I I don't think that at all. Maybe it's a, just a character difference. I'm, I'm not sure. That, that I guess what it would speak to is the people that join the... Um, the newcomer, the U.S. in this case, and and or the sellouts, I guess, is of a lower character, a lower standard than those Taliban. There actually seem to be more. Seems well, yeah, they seem to be more true to some kind of tradition or an an, an origin, if you will, that actually is somewhat organic inside of the country. But then um, I. I'm I'm thinking doubt I'm doubting that again because we also through the because of the history of the Taliban that they have uh, that they were artificially created in the beginning all the all the money going into it so we'll look at that next but yeah it's uh, uh it, it was definitely a uh, a sandbox so I t definitely agree with that there, there was and we'll look at that in a moment here so here's uh, an interview uh, I want to play a little bit from this here MSNBC they got a hold of the spokesperson. Uh, and they kind of, you know, push him on certain things like this. And uh, it's just kind of interesting. Listen to what they say here. Is carrying out mass executions of military personnel and targeted killings of civilians in Kandahar and Kabul. Our reporter in Kabul also says that he is hearing similar reports. What is your response to these allegations that your forces are committing these atrocities? These allegations are totally 
baseless, totally wrong. They are the propaganda spread by our opponents to, uh, in order to mislead the opinion of the world against us. Uh, of course, there was when their forces and policemen evacuated uh, their outpost, their police station, and they fled. There was for a few hours vacuum, uh, and our forces were at that time at the gate of the Kabul city. Uh, when we received the uh, reports of uh, plundering and damaging to uh, people's public properties, then we entered the cities. Now the security is maintained, and uh, our more forces from our side will enter in order to uh, provide security to, to all parts of the city. Okay, you say that you your know, forces our, oh, you say your forces are providing security, and we were getting calls. We have been hearing messages from people who are saying that the Taliban and their fighters have gone house to house looking for people who worked alongside the Americans, who worked as translators, and in some cases, keep in mind that the media here is driving this narrative that they were talking about here. Like, oh, we got to get these people out. We have to, it's our fault. We have to save these people. Get them, get them out quick. Open, oh, we got to open the borders. It's our fault. We have to help them. And so it's, it's a, it's a, cre a generated humanitarian crisis. It's a, it's an artificially created uh, scenario of sorts. If they wanted to help or stop this, they could, but they don't want that. I think one of the main objectives here right now is to, drive people out of some of these countries in the Middle East that America has been has been involved in, right? It hasn't gotten as much traction as the, so far as like the, what became known as the migrant crisis back in 2014, 15, 16 did. But that's going to start right back up, I think. And and we're going to see millions coming out. And so it's not a, I don't think it's a true, they're, they're truly concerned with the people that are there. They're more concerned about airlifting these people out and once again begin a mass movement of, of, of millions of people out of the Middle East into, uh, into the Western world, into Europe and uh, America. Let, let's continue look, listening here. Taking young women and children as brides for their fighters. Are you denying those allegations? Yes, I totally deny. If someone goes, uh, go from door to door and they are opposing po as Taliban, they are not Taliban. They may be from the former NDS or some spoilers and posing in order to uh, create a bad name for us, to malign us, but they are not Taliban because we have a clear policy. The policy is that no one can enter anyone's house, property, honor, and life of the people are protected. That we have issued statement after statements that is clear but we know there are spoilers and they are doing in order to provide um, to provide opportunity for others to to spread uh, to spread maligning us and also giving us a bad name okay. accusing us that is a, their game from the, okay. for the last 20 years. Okay, but if and I think he's right on that, right? That I, I still feel that like sympathy with him there. Yeah, Chad, I I, <coughs> I, I muted because I'm 
unfortunately, I have to cough and, and blow my nose in between, so I forgot to unmute. But anyway, bear with me. It's fine. It's it's okay. We'll we'll, we'll get it sorted out. I, I do uh, I do appreciate the concern. Um, okay, so let, okay, and they kind of go on and talk about this. And you, well, you are you doing this? And and then at the end, I wanted to play a little bit too. What time was that? Nine. I think ironically nine around nine eleven. I think it was. Uh, <laughs> let's listen to uh, listen to how the how it ends here. They lose connection, but he's concerned about what about but what about the women? Listen to this. I just wanted to ask you now that the Taliban is in control, will you control unilaterally without any elections? Will you allow elections to happen in Afghanistan? Will you allow women to participate in politics? And I think they uh, lost. Okay, it seems that we may have lost our connection there with. I think uh, he rage quit. We were going to ask him about uh, the future of women in uh, Afghanistan under Taliban Mm -hmm. control. We'll see if we can um, at least uh, get that uh, connection. Unfortunately, we lost it. So So Hail Shaheen, the English spokesperson. All right. So there you go. So that's kind of funny. So there's like the major concern that they have about this, right? What about the women? And and it's like, well, maybe. Maybe every society don't, uh, they have a different way. It's this, okay, how do I say that without being boomy, boomer, cringy here? But like, I maybe that's not, maybe that's not boomer, cringy, but like, um, so it's, it's the, it's the liberal, you know, I guess it is a little cringy, but yeah, the liberal supremacy, I guess, then to use that term, it's like, our way is always the best way, and every other country have to drive that line as well, right? So, so yes, in a sense, it's kind of a supremacism based off of Western liberal, you know, standards. Now, now, of course, go deeper, and then you realize that was a, a method and a tool to undermine aspects in the West, so things like feminism. Uh, things that uh, getting women into the workforce and all that stuff, right? Oh, great! Now we can now but now both the husband and the wife can can work and not make enough money as opposed to having you know one one salary taking care of this uh, this issue right and, and then of course the birth rates go down and all that stuff right so it's a, it's a mechanism of control at the same time so uh, so i'm not trying to argue that it's like yeah it is it is <laughs> it is superior or something like that obviously not um but but respect that they have a different uh, way of handling things they have the religious law. Why do? Why does all every single country around the world have to be organized in exactly the same manner as we do it in a, in the in superior West, right? Uh, so that's the that's the point I would make about that. Uh, this one this one was kind of funny though. Taliban tells CNN, and we're back to actually the first clip I played that same woman there, but this is a little bit longer. Uh, I thought that was funny. Uh, Taliban tells CNN reporting Kabul to stand to the side <laughs> because she's a woman. As life changes overnight in the Afghan capital. Um, CNN's Clarissa Ward says Taliban fighters told her to stand to the side because she's a woman. And then it's also this, are they just, is this actually what they what they said? Or is she, <laughs> is she, is she just making this up? Is she lying? I, I don't I mean, I'm sure there's enough Afghan speakers even in the West now they could call them out on that or something. But they also just lie. They just lie. Uh, they just make shit up. Oh, they, they, they told me this and then they report on that like that's the truth. Check out this clip here. This is kind of funny. As soon as we leave our compound, it's clear who is now in charge. 
Taliban fighters have flooded the capital. Smiling and victorious, they took this city of six million people in a matter of hours, barely firing a shot. This is a sight I honestly thought I would never see. Scores of Taliban fighters and just behind us, the U.S. Embassy compound. Some carry American weapons. They tell us they're here to maintain law and order. Everything is under control. Everything will be fine, the commander says. Nobody should worry. What's your message to America right now? America already spent enough time in Afghanistan. They need to leave, he tells us. They already lost lots of lives and lots of money. People come up to them to pose for photographs. They're just chanting death to America, but they seem friendly at the same time. Yeah, so that's the, the clip we saw there, but it continues. It's it's funny, though. It's utterly bizarre. Yeah, she says it's utterly bizarre. Why at the same time? I, I, think, there, I think many are genuinely happy, as I said before, uh, to have these, uh, you know, forces out of the country. And... I wish they had done it on their own. That's that's what I wish. I wish that these people had organically joined the Taliban and they overthrow the shackles of this, you know, in a true like a David versus Goliath type of, you know, story. And we can take moral, uh, you know, lessons from this and it would uh, spread courage around the world would spread as we can, uh, you know, overthrow, uh, you know, shackles of of liberalism <laughs> around the West and neoliberalism and all that stuff. And neoconism, too, for that matter. You know, we have to talk more about that here shortly. Uh, but sadly, that's not what ha- that's not what this is. That's not what happened. Doesn't mean I, I, I it, it could still be an idea, better situation for them at the end of it, uh, which which I, I, I definitely grant to them. And I, I think that's good. Right. At, at the same time, some people did these. Uh, you know, again, it's funny how they're how quickly they abide. Though she like throws herself into the burqa, and maybe she—I mean, she, she understands where she's at as well. And so, if she didn't do that, she would be, you know, pushed out of the way. But still, she was pushed out of the way. And so, stand to the side, woman. It's coming up here. It's funny. At the presidential palace, the Taliban are now guarding the gate. They say they're here to fill the vacuum left when the government fled. But the welcoming spirit only extends so far, and my presence soon creates tension. They've just told me to stand to the side because I'm a woman. (laughs) Could it also be that you're from CNN, an American propaganda outlet that like led to you uh, led to them being invaded by uh, by by NATO and uh, international coalition forces? Maybe, maybe. Uh, she better be t- telling the truth that they did say that, though, and you never know. <laughs> Outside, ordinary Afghans clamored to talk to us, struggling to process the dizzying speed of Kabul's fall. Actually, I feel nothing right now. We want peace. Uh, we are tired of uh, this uh, ongoing war. What does the future look like to you now? You know, uh, I cannot predict even in seconds right now, uh, and I can't predict even minutes right now. Uh, so that's why I don't know what will uh, uh, what will happen tomorrow and what will happen after. And that's really what it feels like on the ground. Honestly, John and Brianna, it's anyone's guess as to what the situation on the ground will look like in two hours, let alone two days, two months. And that profound sense of anxiety, I think, 
You may not see it on the streets, but it's the people who aren't on the streets today that in some ways are the real story. The people that are hiding in their homes, who are petrified to go out, who are worried about being targeted, who fear for their lives, who are too scared to tell their stories, but their stories must be told because in this moment, their fear and their desperation is so real, as we saw with those extraordinary images coming from the airport that I don't think any of us will be able to forget anytime soon, John and Brianna. All right, so <clears throat> that's interesting. And someone said, who said that in chat here? Um, Bad Goy Bill says, they're based. I'm about ready to move to Afghanistan. So I will show you, I'll show you in a bit why you probably don't want to do that. Or, or, or why we should import their values uh, to our countries also, by the way. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I see a lot of that. Uh, and I want to pop that bubble as well, that we don't have to choose between these four. We don't have to choose between Bill Crystal, Richard Pearl, uh, and all these neocons, neoconservatives, right? We don't have to choose between Paul Wolfowitz, um, Leo Strauss, right, and all these guys. Um and 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 the, and the Taliban or Sharia uh, people. We, we, there's a, there's a third way out of this, uh, and it's our own way, right? But anyway, we'll get to that. Here's some of the footage here. Uh, maybe you saw some of that, but just the chaos at the airports, and we can show that while we're on this article here. Thousands of people fled to the airports of Afghanistan. As they try to leave the country, as the Taliban took control of Kabul on August 15th, so about three days ago here now. Even the Taliban was surprised by how fast it took control of the country. So even they were surprised. Yeah, so they, we were surprised. Uh, again, if you have anybody, anybody just listening to you, I we're surprised how fast this went. We were, you know, caught us off guard. We didn't expect that. Uh, but with the help of Allah, He has given us the victory. Uh, it's sorry to disappoint, laddie, but uh, it's uh, it's bigger forces uh, than uh, just uh, well, big, you know, Allah. I'm not trying to, but <laughs> I'm saying it was it was intentional that they withdrew. Right to create another crisis, uh, so I'm sorry to disappoint, uh, but that's how they view it. It's uh, if something goes their way, then oh well, look at that. God wanted this; He gave it to us. And there's nothing like this in the history of the world. Yeah, because it just doesn't happen. It's it's a one-off. You 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 are not just handed these victories in this way. It doesn't happen. I have never, never felt it to this extent, helpless, hopeless, disappointed, poor and miserable in my life. Open your borders. All over 20 years achievement, maybe just go in blinks of few days. I was a child when they were here, when they were there. Now I am an adult. I, I have seen how these people are. Yes, we are saved. U.S. should leave the country, but why this way? At least they should, they should come to come a little bit, given some time. Our government, they should stay at least inside. They should not create this vacuum. 
Lawrence, and sob story here. <clears throat> the U.S. sent emergency troops to take Americans out, which they did not. There's still many left, actually. The U.S. plans to evacuate 5,000 5, civilians a day, but hundreds of thousands are still stuck in the country. Well, what do you mean stuck in the country? Isn't that what they're supposed to live? So they have to leave? Where, where are they going to go to? Where are they going? Women are especially fearful, it says here. The Taliban declared the war in Afghanistan over, which is which is great, right? And I think that's it for that one. Era. But uh, yeah, so <clears throat> Business Insider had that story about how she has to move to the side. Uh, let me do a couple of these real quick. I uh, checked Clarissa Ward too. I uh, saw some people were having questions about her. I guess she was born in uh, the UK, but I don't see um, I don't see any. Uh, I don't see any early uh, early life uh, uh, check there, actually, but uh, who knows. Uh, okay, let me take a couple of these real quick here. Uh, Draconian Gip of Death says, support Red Ice. Well, thank you. Hey, uh, hey, Australian food truck drivers, truckies have informed us that they have decided on our behalf. They will go on a strike, strike affecting Australia's food supply chain. I assume this is because of the, is it just a protest or is it because of the vaccine? I had a little thing on Australia later, and I, I just don't think we'll have time today. We might have to do it Friday, but I'll save that link, and we can check that out later. Thank you. Uh, we're going to give up death. We do try to keep an eye on Australia because it's just so insane there. So expect food shortages, I guess, if that's... Uh, I, I won't assume that is... There's no reason to assume it, that's not true. Uh, it's ABC News, so we'll see. But yeah, so uh, Australian food truck drivers going on strike. Horrible. Ernie Truth says, thanks for uh, tripping through, my friend. No worries. Uh, thank you. Horrible that this occupation happened for almost 20 years. Yeah, I agree. The media will push us towards more unwanted immigration and war for women rights. Yes, that, that's absolutely true. So it's like a pull out, create the problem, mass immigration, and then you can go back in again. I mean, I think they'll go back in. I, still, I made a prediction a while ago. I think that someone did a clip on the Trovo channel on that. I think it's still there. Where like, I just, I'm still convinced that they will not fully leave and even if it's even if it's a short time even if it's for a couple of years maybe they it, it they're they're gonna go back in you'll see i i, I just don't think they'll uh <clears throat> I, I just don't think they'll take this but we'll see i could i could be wrong uh i know california says that news anchor and taliban spokesmen are the same people uh he just put a turban glasses and thicker beard yeah there you go uh talking about the, the female news anchor <clears throat> appreciate it rowdy rude thank you uh, rowdy dude, rather. Hey, Red Ice. Hope you get better soon, Henrik. Yep, thank you. Getting out of it. Uh, no worse. I do appreciate it. So I remember uh, a few years ago watching some stories like this, and I remember there was this one clip. And this is like before they invaded, before they just walked straight into... Um, uh, just you know, straight into to Kabul and 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 took everything over and you know, full on invasion, ground troops and stuff like that. Uh, these news reports, where they were walking around and talking about how, how horrible it was that they had taken away uh, like Western music from some of the Afghans uh, people and stuff. Like they, they they couldn't listen to Britney Spears anymore or take that or what else was popular back then. It was like. You know, stuff like that, you know, like Max Martin produced produced garbage, right? Remember there was that story of, of how um, American forces, they used uh, like Matchbox 20 and, and uh, Christina Aguilera as like psychological warfare on these poor uh, uh, Al-Qaeda and, and even Taliban 
uh, troops and stuff like that. Remember, they put them in some, in like a in a container, and blasted this music like twenty four seven to just to like break them down. Very interesting. Very interesting, considering how they how they 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 did that. But there was no way for me to find this. I just remember this one report that was like that laid the groundwork. Uh, it was either on like ABC, but it could have been CNN. Oh my God! They're look at all. It's these underground cassettes that these poor teens have to run around with to have you know to listen to this music. And it's like, is this is this the most important thing? This this dumb subversive music is that is that it? Right? You know. And again, I'm not. I, I the Taliban is not a it's not a good counterweight here or, or good counter option. And I'll show you uh, later why uh, they have massive issues. Actually, ironically, both of these. Both both of these societies, both of these civilizations that are you know that 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 are seeing kind of at, at kind of a tug of war here, are ending up in the same place. I'll make that point later. I'll hope you agree. I hope you see what I why I say that. Um, but here, but before we go there, let me see where were we here. Yeah, here we go. Okay, so this is interesting. This is from Voice of America. And this is like, you know, Voice of America is like, that's just straight up, you know, uh, connected to like what Radio Free Europe is. It's just state, US, you know, US State Department media. It's like the, uh, uh, the, the propaganda arm, right? In a way. Uh, but it says here, a report looks back at the Taliban's 1994 rise to power. And I just want to read a little bit from this here. This was published not too long ago, but it was a, a reporter that was there at the time when they were being funded by, you know, by the by the U.S. and and, uh, and coming. And they didn't detail it that much in the story, but but that it, it's not you know straight up denied or anything like that. Uh, but they're trying to they try to argue a little bit that it was kind of it was organic, right? But listen to this: a warm reception. So in 1994, Taliban is just popping up. They're starting to take over territory, and this is what they say about this here. Uh, Mullah Insaullah, the Taliban governor in 1995 at the time, bragged about how the group's acceptance among Pashtuns in Kosht, the provincial capital of eastern Paktia province. I was welcomed by the elders with warm receptions here in Kost, all the way from Kandahar without firing a shot in the air, he told Western journalists and myself who had traveled to Kost to interview him. My trip to Kost from Peshawar through Wazarwistan and into Afghanistan was an eye-opener for me. It was a smooth trip through Ghulam uh, Khan, a border town, even though no members of my traveling group, including a Western reporter, held visas or valid visas. The Taliban didn't care and did not ask about our travel documents in Kost. At that time, the Taliban already had the stigma of being uh, seen as an extension of the Pakistani state in Afghanistan. Many fighters had studied in Pakistan Madras and spoke Urdu, not the Pashtu or Dari spoken by many Af Afghans. The group was also publicly supported by Pakistani's then Prime Minister Benazir Bhutto uh, and others in her government. And she was assassinated, I think, too, right? And then they go through that there were some areas where there was kind of fighting in, but the fact that the, in some areas they were, they were welcome, to make that point. Um, they were welcomed. It was like it was fine. Uh, it's not a big issue. Uh, they wanted them there. They saw this as a as a you know solution to many of the problems that they had there, and it's to kind of 
to grant to grant them that that there was that's also part of it and that's also one of the reasons why it's so easy for them to regain a lot of this um control because many people no matter what we think about them in the west or or what our liberal elites think of think of them some of some people they want they want this right and and and, it, and we're trying to pretend they rather you know they, they try to pretend that this is an impossibility everyone wants this liberal LGBT lifestyle. It's just it's just superior. It's much better, and it's obviously it's not. But it, but ironically, it's both ending up in, in exactly the same place, right? Um, so let me let me uh, let's let's look at these. What was it these images here? Right? Yeah, that's right. Um, this is an image I saw, and um, we could show it first, and then we'll we'll talk about it, right? But so this is the the chopper here leaving, uh, I'm not sure if that's just a U.S. military building or maybe it's the Na- a NATO uh, NATO building in Kabul there. Uh, and it was like, you know, p- parallels between, uh, you know, leaving Saigon in Vietnam 1976 and with the, the people talked about Biden's failure and all that stuff. And then, you know, someone, uh, uh, you know, a couple of these photos went around with like that they had Black Lives Matter and, and LGBTQ flags on, on, on their side. But if I, unfortunately, uh, they were they were they were photoshopped. Right, so here was the here was the original picture that people <clears throat> that people did, um, which was kind of a shame uh, because they did in a way it didn't have they didn't have to do that. There was there was enough on their own that showed that they were like actually pushing this in many parts of Afghanistan. Right, there were there were actually news articles like this, the importance of a pride flag in Afghanistan. This is back in two thousand twelve. Thanks for the extraordinary progress on gay rights in the U.S. military in recent years, images that were once harder to imagine are now becoming more common. So back in 2012. So there's a, a fair fair share of this right going on. Let me see if there's... Was there any other... Uh, I think someone linked up a couple more here. Okay, I could be wrong, but you get... The, yeah, you get the idea, right? It was like... Uh, there has been a lot of LGBTQ stuff pushed uh, by by the military. Here's one U.S. Embassy Kabul back in uh, of this year, June 20. The month of June is recognized as LGBTI Pride Month. The United States respects the dignity and equality of LGBTI people and celebrates their contribution to society. We remain committed to supporting civil rights of minorities, including LGBTI persons. And they, you know, hashtags and all this stuff. But so this is the U.S. Embassy in Kabul. Is this on their building? We don't know. Maybe they just tweeted that out. Or maybe they actually took a photo, photo of their own flag and got it out there, right? So, so that's crazy, right? That, that's, that's insane. So you, didn't ha- you don't have to do these photoshops. <laughs> They're doing stuff like that on their own. And yes, they did. They have tried to... to, to you know, push these values on Afghanistan, which again makes, you know, which makes a- an element within, you know, nationalist or right-wing circles kind of admire the Taliban, uh, which which is, you know, and, and in the extension, kind of a Islamist culture and, and tra- they have tradition and, you know, they're, they're throwing off the, the shackles of this and stuff like that. And I think, at least I think there's a, a little bit of a divide here and split. Let me see if I can formulate my thoughts about it here. But I, I think, 
I think most Europeans who have lived in Europe at least over, over some length, at some point over the last 30 years or so, that have seen our countries transformed by Arabic, North African, and Sub-Saharan African men, many of these Europeans are, are, are fatigued by this addition to our society. We can clearly see that when this addition is made to our countries, it's we, we're having devastating impacts, right? And this is much to the joy, by the way, of, of leftists in our countries, too. They love seeing this. As I said before, they, they, favor, they favor Sharia law over, over own liberal values as long as it's taking place in the West, right? That these, this are, these, are, these are enemies. And unfortunately, the side that's coming in uh, is not our friends either. They're, they both hate us. In America, among, I think, American right-wing males, I see, I, I see a much more simplified and limited view of what Islam actually does and what and what it brings. They have a less experience of that in the United States. I mean, unless you're like in, you know, uh, what is it called again? Uh, uh, Michigan, right? Uh, Dear, Dearborn or, you know, certain, you know, segments or something like that, right? They don't see it as, as much of a problem outside of those areas. Uh, while those of us who have lived with these people that are, you know, the new Swedes, the new Germans and all that stuff, we understand just how incompatible they are with us and our culture. And it has nothing to do with liberal values. It, it's completely beyond that. It's just, it's, you know, I'm not saying, West, the Western values is not LGBTQ values. These are new, recent, and uncertain, an association. It's like saying Judeo-Christian or something, right? It's, these are a new inve- invention that thinks that they, these both go hand in hand. They don't. So, so this new group that comes in, are they ruthless? They are uncivilized, right? And this is just the harsh reality of this. We're seeing much more rapes. We're seeing robberies. We're seeing resentment from them against the native European population. Um. But then, you know, our liberal progressive friends in the West are saying, well, well, that is, that's nothing to racism, though. That's absolutely the worst. If you don't, if someone doesn't like someone, if you don't like someone because you don't like to see your countries transformed, that's the absolutely worst thing possible. So even, even, even people that are raping women and children, and we'll talk more about children in, in a moment here, too, by the way, or robbing and assaulting uh, your parents, you know, the elderly. We can't, you know, it's not an it's not an ally. I I don't have a problem with them in Afghanistan or any other country that that now has become you know Islamic or, or are Islamic. But I made this point before: the liberals they love Islamic values when they're in the West. And then the leftists would like to say LGBTQ values and women's rights and all that stuff in in Arabic countries, in the Middle East and North Africa and stuff like that too. And so then you have then you have this, and this is the next point I want to make here. Then you have this, right? Where you realize that both both strands 
are go are are ending up in the same place. It's all it it's it's young boys mostly sexualized standing on a stage, shaking their butt at perverts for money. Right, be that uh, drag queen story hour or Desmond is amazing. All that stuff that we that we hate about you know Western liberal values are shit that you're seeing in countries like Afghanistan, right? So the, there's a, a a practice that's called besha bazir, which basically means uh, means playing with boys, because they have all these things in the Quran about how you know we, uh, women can't do this, they can't do that. Uh, this is um, this is against uh, you know there's a certain religious practice and stuff like that. And, and again, I see some you know right-wingers, nationalist-oriented people are like, yeah, but those, you know, the Muslims are based, you know, they are, they're kicking out all these degenerate, these degenerate ideas and they're fighting back against, oh yeah, yeah, are they now? Are they really doing that? Are they, are they really fighting back against sexualizing young boys exactly in the same way that the West is doing? Let's play a little bit of this here. This is uh, Afghanistan. Dancing boys. In the tradition of Basha Bazir, the dancing boys are often abused and raped. Young boy here says they forced me into their car. So let me read this for the podcast. They forced me into their car uh, and took me for a ride. They forced me to dance for them. They took me to a village. Two times one man had sex with me and one time another man did it. Coming from poor backgrounds, some boys are lured into dancing for the money. Another guy says, I used to work as a street trader. When I saw the money, which Stanislaus got, I stopped working on the streets. I was really happy when I started getting this kind of money. It was a lot. It started dancing because of my family's, sorry, I started dancing because of my family's bad financial situation. I used to dance Arabic and Western styles. Those who like our dancing invites us to other parties. The practice is common and authorities often look the other way. This is uh, child trafficking, one woman say here, the boys are abducted and taken from one province to another. The children are kept in their company of powerful armed commanders, right, Taliban, and forced to become dancing boys, Bashir Bazi. I will never forget what these people did to me as long as I live, one guy says here. I've lost my mind, I'm biting my nails all the, all the time. I have psychological problems. There you go. And I know like AJ here, like, you know, they're, they're, they're you know, shitly outlets and stuff like that. Uh, but this is, uh, this is, this is a, a real issue they have there. It's not just, this is actually downplayed. It's very, not often you hear about that. You think they could... You think the West would wheel something like this out? I was like, no, 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 this needs to go. Look at what they're doing with these kids. But then you realize, oh wait, that's what you know. That's right. That's actually one thing they have in common. Will you look? Will you look at that? U.S. soldiers told to ignore sexual abuse of boys by Afghan allies. So they it's, it extends to the Taliban, 
it extends to the people that they work together with means it's but it, it, it there's no split down like oh this group is doing that and the other group is not doing that right so the so you us is told that it's happening and then like well they're fine with it because they're they're doing this anyway but but sadly then the taliban have their own issue there was one story i i i, I never forget that i had a friend uh was in gothenburg at the time and she had actually been she and another guy had been down to syria and visiting and it was like before let's say what year was this this was before i think the major it must have been like 2002 maybe three i could get that wrong but i think it was something like that and 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 this girl was explaining how they met they met someone uh, down there they were just traveling around and they were at a cafe or something and some guy came up to them and stuff and like oh yo where are you from and they started talking and stuff like that buying them tea or whatever it was coffee or something and then they uh, remember that this, this other uh, person came in which obviously was a transsexual they, they explained it was like it was a man but dressed up as a, as a woman and they said that they, they took off for a while and then, you know, he came back and it was, oh, well, that's that's much better. I feel I feel relieved. This is, you know, I'm feeling so much better now kind of thing. And it was like they were looking at each other like, what, what, what just happened here? What What's going on? And so apparently they have all these like weird, they have these weird rules that if it's like if, if the Quran doesn't say something specific about... Um, like a, a certain configuration or whatever you want to call it, like of 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 uh, like a like a sexual scenario, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, right? That uh, that if it doesn't say anything about it, it's totally fine to do it, right? So with something like you can't have homosexual relations. But if it's a, a guy dressed up as a woman and posing as a woman, he doesn't say anything specifically about there, and so that's for that for that's okay. There's these weird things that have risen up, right? Like a degenerate behavior that's just bypassing the letter of the law, kind of thing. And I mean, this happens in you know, there is rape of boys in the orthodox jewish community it happens in the muslim community it's happening in the cat you know the catholic thing you know the western media loves to talk about the catholics and stuff and it should it should be exposed absolutely but they're less prone to bring up this issue for some reason for some reason it's only a problem with the catholics the the pope uh, the pope people does it right? the, the cardinal does it or some Catho uh, catholic denomination somewhere right as so you could say it's an abrahamic thing i i, I really don't know I haven't figured out what the reason for this this is, right? Uh, solely, uh, but I mean, even here's the Guardian. This is you know leftist liberal you know outlets here. The hypocrisy of child abuse in uh, many Muslim countries. Child marriage and pedestry are tolerated in a Muslim society where homosexuality is strictly condemned. Right? This is weird contradiction, and it's apparently tied to the, the you can't you can't and you shall not look to these people as some kind of liberator or savior or role model and this and this is what i'm raising this point to this is not this is not what you're supposed to do so basically this is what this is what they're doing what we have in our, in the west is the is the this exact same version of we have desmond is amazing right in, in the west
Here it is. It's the Bashir boys. Here we go. Look at that. They're, they're dropping like dollars to him here. Look at this. You get the idea, right? Let me, uh, I think we have another one in there, too. Yeah, look at that. He's, like, taking money here and stuff. It's, like, crazy. It's insane. Desmond is amazing. Performance of Just a Girl by No Doubt by an 11-year-old drag kid. And this is, like, his, his own channel. Stripping. Taking money. You've, you've, you, I'm sure you've seen some of this footage, right? Look at this. Yeah, someone says there, uh, Reed Johnson says in the chat, White masculinity is so in the toilet that some mistake tough Muslims as some somehow admirable. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, I mean, I, just being honest here, but I definitely see it more amongst uh, American, uh, you know, right-wingers, basically. Uh, because they have less uh, experience with uh, with them. Uh, I grew up in Sweden, so I don't know exactly what, uh, what we're looking at here. And uh, they are not interested with working with us. Uh, they hate they hate you. They won't agree with you. Even if they, even if there's a common goal, they will not work with you. There's no point in looking there to some kind of inspiration. We're not meant to. We should not. And so forth. And then there's this rumor, of course, as well. Gets better. Um, ISIS members caught on surveillance camera having sex with a goat. Now, I know this is, you know, like nine gag. Or I, I searched for this, but there's been plenty of this. Over the over the years, plenty of this over the years to assume that this is not just a random prank that someone did. This is, I think this is actually shot by a uh, like an Apache helicopter or something like that. That looks like another no. That's a that's an animal right there. So you know, there's a slur. The G efforts, right? And, and I think I think it's I think I, I may sure maybe there's one of them that's you know fun or a gag or something. But I've seen plenty of these, and I didn't do like a full search to try to find all these. I just I I don't know. It is you don't have to. But this has been on the wall for some time within these civilizations and these societies. Uh, they're not only back in the sixth century. Uh, these people they they don't even attain a level that. You know, European societies did in the sixth century. This is this is worse than this, right? <clears throat> so the question is: Are these generals the reason why we lost? Why we lost the war? Why Amer why America lost? Right? Is that is that the reason? Someone says, "This is why we lost," and they have General Milley right there in the forefront. And uh, is he a dumbass? Yeah, absolutely, right. And it's and it's fun to make fun of these people, and we should and we should, right? We we definitely should. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. How dare you call me woke? I, I have you know I've studied Mar Mao and Marx both, and it that doesn't you know I want to understand white rage. 
right? Remember the comment? And so they should make fun of them, and and they are incompetent. But it's not the reason why America lost the war in Afghanistan. As I said before, many of these guys they continue taking order from a different, from a different, uh, different, a different group. Either they listen to the commander in chief, or they don't. It depends on what happens. Depending on what's what's expedient. I think there are different forces that are pulling the strings of these militaries. Um, it should be pointed out. Oh, my flies back. Good. Uh, it should be pointed out, and we should criticize them for it, obviously. But it's like a um, look, look at this one here as, as an, another example. Um, let me see here. Where is it? I have to close a couple of windows. Here, here we go. Here we go. Here's Ben Shapiro. This is a good example here. Ben Shapiro wants you to think that all this happened, that America lost the war in Afghanistan because of CRT, basically, right? Should have read his intelligence briefing rather than Ibram X. Kendi. And it's it's one of the most it's one of the most superficial takes you can have, right? It's it's not wrong in the sense that it, it's a goddamn fly. It's a thing that's happening, right? It it actually is happening, and it should be pointed out. But there's much bigger reasons for why this happens, and of course, you know, little Ben wouldn't give us the real reason why the United States went into Afghanistan, would he? Know. Anyway, this is what he this is what Mark Milley said in the clip. And again, it says, oh, it took us by surprise. We had no we had no idea this was happening. However, the time frame of a rapid collapse that was widely estimated. In That's mono that uh, clip, by the way. So if you don't hear anything, you have to uh, put the other earpiece on. <laughs> it's just in, can't do anything about that. There's just uh, in one ear. Ranged from weeks to months and even years following our departure. There was nothing that I or anyone else saw there we go. that indicated a collapse of this army and this government in 11 days. Nothing indicated. Keep that in mind. Nothing indicated. There was nothing to indicate that this government would collapse in 11 days. Okay, we'll look Submitted at that. a variety of plans that were briefed and approved by the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the Secretary of Defense, and the President. These plans were coordinated, synchronized, and rehearsed to deal with these various scenarios. One of those contingencies is what we are executing right now. As I said before, there's plenty of time to do AERs and key lessons learned and to delve into these questions with great detail. But right now is not that time. Right now, we have to focus on this mission because we have soldiers at risk. And we also have American citizens and Afghans who supported us for 20 years also at risk. And we have to this airlift is personal, them out. And we're going to get them out. This is personal. We're going to get them out. We're going to get them out. How many? Millions? Tens of millions? There's 40 million people in, in Afghanistan. Might even be, be more. We don't know. How, how many? Where are they going to go? Exactly. And so now you have to take them under your arm and, and get them in and get them to a, you know, a public housing somewhere in, uh, in Kansas. And in Pennsylvania, and in uh, in Seattle, uh, you know, in in uh, Florida somewhere is that is that what the is that what the plan is? So here's two clips. Check this out. Posted one of them again today on Telegram. You might have seen it, but it's worth checking out. With all this that's been happening for the last twenty years, how in the hell can this guy, Mark Milley, 
tried to pretend that this was somehow caught them by surprise that the that the military force that they've been trying to train for the last 20 years couldn't stand up to anything and it, and it just fell apart how in the how can how is it possible just came out of like lightning out of clear sky look at this but for the marines assigned to live outside the wire themselves embedded at this Garmzer Afghan police station, there's a different version. It's a very difficult mission. It's, it's probably the most difficult mission here right now. Uh, just, it's why it's a different world. Uh, their, their mindset, they're, they're not, not very intelligent. The, the common sense factor seems to be lacking a lot. Um, they, uh, they just, it's like teaching a bunch of five-year-olds. They give the Afghans gear, which they often do not use while on patrol. That's only part of the challenge. It's all pictures and, and us showing them. I mean, three quarters of them can't read or write, so uh, we do a lot of show. You know, this is what you should, this is how you should be doing it, and we, we show them, and then we have them do it. Most of the world's opium is grown in the surrounding fields, and the police are not immune from its temptations. It's tough. Uh, they, a lot of the drug users, they do get, uh, we do do piss tests on them, and they are immediately thrown out. Most were young teenagers when this war began, unaware of past failed attempts by the West to build lasting institutions in this country. Playing with a machine gun at this police station in rural southwest Afghanistan. This officer and his colleagues are supposed to be in training with the U.S. Marines. But they display little appetite for the classroom, leaving the trainers to find their own ways to pass the time. They can only learn so much because they're not used to a training environment or a classroom environment. It's, it's very hard to keep their attention span. Uh, they want to take chai breaks every few minutes. And It's great, it's great. The Marines are training me up to be like my American hero, John Rambo. This is also where American and NATO forces are forming what they hope will be their best defense strategy against the insurgents. The Afghan army, or ANA as it's sometimes called. But there are some serious concerns. Take a knee, take a knee, get down. On a recent mission to the village of Saw, one of the platoons came under attack. Most of the bullets were coming not from the Taliban, but from Afghan soldiers who showed up and randomly started firing. Whoops. By and large, we have found both here and uh, during my time in Iraq that uh, other armies are not necessarily as disciplined as ours. Having positive identification of that target, why you're shooting at that target, and the real purpose behind it instead of spraying bullets all along the mountainside. Lack of discipline is just one of the major problems facing the Afghan army. 
Nine out of ten enlisted men can't read or write. A lot of them smoke hashish and heroin, which could explain why they have a hard time following orders. Some have also been known to steal from civilians at checkpoints and to sell their American-supplied guns and ammo to the Taliban. And they don't know the first thing about cars, or Humvees for that matter. I'm going to check the uh, power steering, the oil, and the transmission fluid. What's the transmission fluid? Transmission is the gearbox underneath. Sergeant Williams says that their basic lack of knowledge makes it that much harder to explain in a different language. Still, the question remains whether they will be able to stand on their own by the time coalition forces withdraw from the country. Uh, they didn't. Until then, it's too early to tell if the one billion dollars that is being spent every month in training will go to waste. These people are so fickle, man. Let me just uh, pause for a second. One billion dollars that it takes to train these people every month. One time, once a month, they pay about a billion dollars. Think about that when you or someone you know can't pay their rent. Think about that when they want to help you out here in America or wherever you are for that matter too. We spent a, a billion, we spent a billion in, Swe in Sweden on, on Afghanistan to push women's rights there. So they're the biggest uh, recipient of Swedish aid, Afghanistan. What do we get for it? Are we going to stop that now? There's a program going all the way up to 2024. Are they going to stop that now with that charade now in the Taliban reign? Uh, probably not, right? we got to keep in mind. Mark Milley said, there was nothing that I or anyone else saw that indicated a collapse of this army and this government in 11 days. Nothing. What are these people doing? Right? Again, this is, this is they, they're letting this happen. They wanted this to happen. Full of shit. They say like Taliban comes down and, and like fucking aggravates their towns and harasses them and shit. There's like three dudes, two dudes at a time. How many people are there in your village? Uh, a couple hundred, whatever. Okay, why don't you fucking kill those motherfuckers? They have no reason to. They're All of have AKs or some type of weapon. But, but they come down and they kill us. Well, kill them. I mean, if someone's going into my hometown, I know my town wouldn't fucking stand for that shit. They'd be like, fuck you. You're dead. The one and a half million dollar mine resistant vehicle, the MRAP, is the kind of vehicle called for by British politicians. It is seen as an answer to IEDs. Alright, you're gonna have to hold it up while I get up there. That's nice, that's fabulous. Yeah, but it comes with its own problems. This happens every time we come out along the line. Every time we come out, one breaks. It's great. <laughs> just they're pissing. They're pissing all this money away. These people just want to be left alone. Yeah, they got dicked. With, they got dicked with from the Russians for 17 years. The Soviets. And now yeah. we're here. Yep. Yeah. Same thing in Iraq when I was there. These people just want to be left alone. They have their crops, weddings, stuff like that. That's it, man. I'll gladly leave them alone. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll gladly leave them alone, right? Just leave them. They should never have been screwed with, right? But again, it's like this is this is what uh, it, it's this is 
the money that he generates, right? For all these big, for all these companies, nation building, all these neocons are involved. All these the the, the businesses, the weapons manufacturer, all the equipment and all this stuff, right? Uh, here's one more. We can look at that for a little bit. I don't want to be too long winded about this, but just to, to to really nail that point that it's like, how in the heck can they say that they had no idea that this was like, oh, how did the just came out of the blue? We had no idea that uh, it would collapse this quickly. Look at this. Here's more here. You're not ready. You don't have a helmet on. Helmet Najib on. doesn't have a rifle right now. How is he ready? It's like having 26 kids that I have to watch after. It really is. Ready would be on the road, staged, ready to move at 8.30. I think if they introduced drug testing to the Afghan army, uh, we would lose probably three quarters to maybe 80, 85 percent of the army. It requires telling them almost 30 times, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Come on, let's go! Building up Afghanistan's army is one of the mainstays of the U.S. exit strategy from this war. It now stands at around 80,000 soldiers. But President Obama recently announced he wants to triple that number. These U.S. Marines are embedded tactical trainers, also known as ETTs, and their job is to mentor the fledgling Afghan army. Check your soldiers, make sure they're good. Someone's, someone's got a helmet on backwards. They all still got their weapons slung on their shoulders like it's not a, a fucking combat patrol. I know we're supposed to advise them and everything like that, but they're supposed to be able to conduct tactical operations without us. So if I wasn't standing here right now, it makes me wonder if a dude in a bright, bright blue shirt would be going into the mountains, and he probably would be. You get over here and you walk into a whole squad of ANA smoking hashish. They don't understand that the use of drugs, it affects the way that they, they accomplish their mission. It ultimately, it affects their ability to protect their nation and get Afghanistan on its feet. Who's smoking hashish around here? Who's smoking hash? We're gonna find them. Soldiers come out without helmets. Soldiers come out missing a lot of gear. There's inspections that need to be done before we step off on a patrol. Right now, we're not gonna go on the patrol. Tell him to come over here. What kind of cigarette is that? What? Why is he throw? Why are you throwing away your cigarette? Aren't cigarettes worth a lot of money here? Hashish. Hashish. Yes, hashish. You smell this, and you tell me that's not hashish. It's not just a complete lack of discipline. Lack of strong leadership is also a big problem. This army is really upsetting me now. In fact, you can't really call it an army at all. I'm just losing interest in it. But what can we do? They've recruited totally the wrong kind of men. They're all stupid and ignorant. These young men are a bunch of delinquents. They're only here because they've been driven out of their villages for misbehaving. You have to figure out what motivates your soldiers. And you need to get that sense of nationalism that 
you know, that Afghanistan can be a good country that, you know, will we'll play on a global scale with all the other countries that can stand, oh. up, Pakistan, that can stand up to Iran. Oh, shit. That sense of nationalism so we can be part of, on the global stage. Listen to that there. That's amazing. That's There you go. You got to ask yourselves, who's the incompetence one here? Are, are it, is it these, I mean, low IQ Afghanis, which is clearly like empirical objectively true or is it the people that believe that we're all the same and if you just educate these people they're just like they're just like us there's no difference they're exactly like us we'll just train them and give them the equipment and we'll be good to go and you need to get that sense of nationalism that you know that Afghanistan can be a good country that you know we'll we'll play on a global scale with all the other countries that can stand up to Pakistan, that can stand up to Iran, you know, and be, you know, the Afghanistan of history. I've talked to them. Well, isn't that what the, Tal- the Taliban represents that side, as they say, the, the, the delinquents and the, the outcasts are not going to do this for you, right? Like this many times. I've gone over it again and again, but they just come for a short while. And if they don't like it here, they just desert. I don't get along with them and they don't get along with me. Promotion in the Afghan army often has more to do with family connections and money than ability or merit. This provides little incentive to the average soldier. You know, when you look at the enemy, the enemy, they have performance-based promotions where, you know, they if they do a good job, they get promoted, advice <coughs> who they're related to. And you kind of have to respect that in a way. He doesn't have any of his gear on. You're not ready. You don't have a helmet on. Najib doesn't have a rifle right now. How is he ready? Ready would be on the road, staged, ready to move. All right. You get the idea. I think we've seen enough of that. All right. Um, Black Phillips says Sweden has been sending them to the best IKEA furniture. Sending them the best IKEA furniture. Yeah. yeah, I wish that's all they was doing, but no, unfortunately, they're uh, they're they're importing him to uh, to work. Uh, actually, not work at Arakias, to to walk around Arakias, and occasionally stab people to death uh, in, in you know between uh, the flönibröt uh, you know uh, cutting board and the uh, <coughs> the 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 banks on a bookshelf. All right, uh, so let's check entropy real quick, and then we'll continue here. Uh, okay, where are we here? Okay, I think we did Rowdy, Black Phillip. Uh, also, yeah, I saw you're over on Trovo. I appreciate uh, you over here on Entropy 2, Black Phillip. Uh, wow, Henrik, is seafood getting insane due to supply chain issues? Norwegian wild salmon is almost $20 a pound now, and Alaskan king crab legs are almost $45 a pound, yeah? The restaurants even had to warn us of prices when we order. It's getting bad. It is getting bad. Um, Norwegian wild salmon. I guess you're you're in the U.S., though, right? You're not in, um, in a different country. But, yeah, it's getting expensive everywhere. Um, well, number of reasons, but they don't want us to eat that kind of food either. That, that that's down. They want to end the fisheries and all that stuff, and we're we're meant to um, we're meant to uh, to eat the bugs. Uh, so they're driving up the prices, uh, but it's supply chain issues. There's a number of other issues. I I mean, it's coming. That the 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 real hit 
on the food supply is coming and is beginning with certain things now, certain meats products, certain fish products. And it just coincidentally happens to be all those areas which the global elite doesn't want us to eat, right? Thank you, Black Philip. Uh, Draconian Gip of Death says, Courageousness is contagious, inherently inspiring to see others assert their inalienable rights. Unfortunately, good intentions can potentially pave the road to hell. Yeah, it, it, it usually and often does, right? Uh, Anno Californian is sending a link here. Let me see. Um, is that the mu a music thing, maybe? Let me just pull that up real quick. I might have to pull it up on the other screen later. Uh, U.S. forces fight Taliban with heavy metal. Uh, there, there you go. Okay, this is another story 11 years old here. Um, sent by Anno Californian. American Marines in Afghanistan unveil secret weapon against resistance. Metallica, Thin Lizzy, and Offspring albums. Yeah, I'm telling you, they're like, they, they, they're using modern music that most people listen to in the West. Um, maybe not the, this is, again, 11 years ago. Thin Lizzy, right? But um, as, as weapons as weapons against other uh, 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 cultures and other people that think differently and, and have a different set mindset than us. Really makes you think. I mean, I like some, you know, rock music and stuff like that, but the, in reality, much of it is trash. M most of it is garbage. The lyrics are crap, and it, it just really, it's just really, it's bad for you. Listen to, uh, listen to some, some class, nice classical music. Helps to build your brand. Thank you for sending that link out on California and unlice the point. I remember reading it was like, yeah, Matchbox 20, Britney Spears, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, I guess they go all over the, the, the field. They're using metal and, and stuff like that too. Draconian Gip of Death says, if the original species in the Petri dish doesn't assert themselves to the new introduced strain, they will be assimilated and repurposed accordingly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can, you can talk about that for many... Uh, that that would apply to many different scenarios, but it does apply in this in this case as well. Uh, it's a good point. Thank you, Draconian Gip of Death. Michael uh, fifty seven says question: What do you call a Muslim who owns both sheep and goats? Uh, answer: Bisexual. There you, there you go. Uh, thank you, Michael. Why why wildfire? Thank you for the donor, sir. Says improvise exploding goat from tactical shit. Okay, uh, I, I'll, let me save that and see if we can play it. Maybe at the end, if it's not too uh, too gruesome. Thank you. Uh, Weiss, I appreciate that. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to remember to pull it up. Thank you for the link. Blast Elizo says the Abrahamic religions adopted practice from the Greeks, Romans, etc. And those cultures had no problem with pederasty. Zeus, along with other gods, were uh, straight up <laughs> sick pedos. <clears throat> yeah, so you have the stories of what was the uh, what was the uh, the boy again? Oh, I forget. Uh, Ganymede, right? Wasn't it Ganymede or something like that, right? Um, so I think there's a... Uh, I think there's like a uh, uh, what do you call it? There's like a, a you can you can do a, a mythological interpretation of it, and then you can do a literal interpretation of it. And so I guess it depends on your flavor. What I can say though is that many who approve of that type of behavior they read things into stories and things which are obviously mythology as literal events and then they use that as a justification to continue their sick behavior um i don't think there's many if many believe that you know zeus actually existed and therefore and also he actually you know had a boy lover or something like that uh but anyway uh it's all about justification it's all about looking at stuff and then saying yeah look this is uh, this is totally correct this is totally moral right uh, Scott said, but yes, yeah, interesting uh, point, Blasalizo. Uh, Scott says, I live in a, a, in a little town in Northern Ireland, and our charities and newspapers are telling us we need to open our hearts and homes to Afghan refugees. Well, there you go. 
I hate these people on a level I cannot articulate. I completely understand. I'm right there with you. This is, um, it's so sickening, right? Again, who's who's taking the hit? Who's taking the blame? Who's taking the, um, oh, it's your, West. the West invaded these countries and therefore you have to take care of these people. Uh, absolutely not. We'll, we'll show that in a moment too. It's uh, very different forces behind this. Uh, per H says, why should anyone babysit and pay allowances to this country? Talking about Afghanistan. Sweden gives 3 million Swedish crowns per day in financial aid when we have old folks looking for uh, cans to recycle. Nej, ut. Yeah, out. No, out. And he says, uh, get better. Thank you, Per. I appreciate that. Very kind of you. Um, yeah, as I said, the biggest uh, receiver of Afghan uh uh, of help of Afghan of Swedish aid is Afghanistan, right? And again, much of this is like oh, women's rights and things, which is never going to come about, right? Uh, it is sickening. We should help our people at home. Pull out. We're never supposed to be in there. There's no clear link to 9/11. This is all bullshit. Osama bin Laden was an asset of the CIA. Uh, Osman, right? Tim Osman. Anyway, I was going to play this, but we don't even we don't even have to do. This is what Millie is involved in, right? Sesame Street. Look at this. <laughs> Hey. Is that Facebook? What happened? Yeah. Oh, hi, Daddy. General Mark and Nurse Holly Ann were about to tell Elmo and Abby about a really silly aunt. Yeah. Go ahead, General. No, it's not a really silly aunt, Elmo. Oh. It's resilient is the word. Resilient. No. Oh, not a silly aunt. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. So it is resilient. Resilient means that no matter what challenges you face mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. what comes your way, you yeah. bounce back and always do your best. Whether it's at so home, we'll bounce back. At Mark will bounce back in folks. the military or with my civilian job as a nurse. You always need to be resilient. Oh, Emma likes the word resilient. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. You like the word resilient. Both of you like the word resilient. Yes. Well, it's a great word. And it also means, Elmo, that you're very, very brave. Mm -hmm. And Abby, that you're very, very strong. And we are so proud <laughs> of all our military kids because no matter how high the mountain, no matter how wide the river, all of our military kids are resilient enough to climb the mountain or cross the river. <clears throat> so that's what uh, Mark Milley uh, is spending his time on. And I guess it also means that you'll never give up. In other words, we'll invade right back. We'll be we'll be right back in there because we'll be we'll be resilient, right? All right. So who's so who's running the show, right? That's the question. What is this about? Here's what Trump said. Listen to this. Is there a chance? Is there a chance this massive misstep in Afghanistan? Uh, gets in the way of Biden's economic agenda getting through. Do you think now people well, will I think, think twice about voting for this? Yeah, there is a chance because I think he's lost such credibility that, but he's not running government anyway. They have a cabal that runs government, a group of people. Who's he's running, not running it? Government. Who's running it, Mr. President? Wanna, Who do you think is say, in charge? I don't want to say right now, uh, but they use their prosecutors to get people. They prosecute people. And yet the son doesn't get prosecuted. And you take a look at what that what he's done. 
All right, so you get the idea, right? So it's the cabal, but I won't say who it is, though, which is uh, obviously interesting, right? Won't say who it is. Well, is that because it's the same cabal that ran President Trump? Is that why? He knows it, of course. That's why he's saying it, and he's not wrong. But he wasn't anything different. Some, some th- there was a couple of small, small things, but on the big things, no, not really. Uh, he talked a lot and, and you know talked a good game, but uh, action-wise, no, didn't help. So, are we to believe that they couldn't do anything more to stop the situation? No, absolutely not. Of course, they could. Absolutely, they could. If they wanted to, they could do it, but they won't. So, remember what all of this was about in the beginning, right? This was about ensuring that the opium production took off once again uh, in, in Afghanistan, right? Because it was actually lower under the Taliban, and then it was increased 35-fold after the invasion of the U.S., right? Estimated opium production in Afghanistan, an important source for funding the Taliban, has increased 35-fold since the U.S.-led invasion from 185 tons in 2001 to 6,400 last year. Data maintained by the United Nations show, and then someone did a number up to 2015 it was, and it was was as high as, I think, 8,000 tons or something like that. Crazy. So always remember what this was about. It's not only that. I'm not trying to argue that it was only about the opium, but that's a big part of it, right? Could it be that we're in a new era right now, too, where we're in a... It's not about the the fentanyl or the opium things anymore. Maybe we're maybe we're in the designer drugs territory now. Now it's all it's mRNA. It's just synthetic things that you just make in a lab. It's not about we don't need that shit anymore. It sure funded a lot of things in the meantime while we needed it. We got some bases in. We got a foothold there. But now it's the, it's the new it's a new game now. It's a completely new game. Belt and Road Initiative. We're not going to do the oil thing anymore, not traditional sources of energy. Uh, it's uh, the fourth industrial revolution. It's uh, the West being brought uh, to a standstill. Utterly just, you know, everything bankrupted. you got to crack a couple of eggs. you got to have a great reset here. So here's the uh, story here of how the USA created the Taliban. And this is, uh, you know, John Pilger does a lot of good stuff. This is, the, is a reporter here. Uh, from a 2003 documentary, Breaking the Silence, Truth and Lies in the War on Terror. Uh, he is what you would call a an actual journalist, uh, has done a lot of good things. Just keep in mind that when he says the USA, uh, he's that's not entirely correct. Uh, he's talking about another force here. But listen to this. If you haven't seen this before, important backstory of who created the Taliban. One of the most closely guarded secrets of the Cold War was America's role in supporting Afghan warlords known as the Mujahideen. The official story is that America backed these fundamentalists in response to the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan in December 1979. But that's not true. It was six months before the Soviet invasion, in July of that year, that President Jimmy Carter authorized $500 million to help set up the Mujahideen a terrorist organization. Oh, just uh, just 500 million? The American people were completely unaware that their government, together with the British Secret Service, MI6, had begun training and funding Islamic extremists, including Osama bin Laden. Out of this came the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, 
and September the 11th. Soon after the Taliban came to power in 1996, the administration of Bill Clinton backed a secret plan for a pipeline through Afghanistan from Central Asia, which has vast reserves of oil and gas. The Taliban were offered a generous cut in the deal and secretly invited to Washington and Texas. They were treated royally, taken shopping and flown to tourist attractions like the NASA Space Center and Mount Rushmore. Their tour was so secret that no television news covered it. Most Americans knew nothing. By the time George W. Bush came to power, the link between Al-Qaeda and the Taliban was an embarrassment, and September the 11th gave Bush an opportunity to get rid of them. Today, Afghanistan is run by a regime installed by the Americans, and the pipeline deal is going ahead. September the 11th also presented an opportunity to an influential group who even by Republican Party standards were extreme. Ray McGovern is a former senior officer of the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, and a personal friend of George Bush Sr., the president's father. These same people who are running U.S. policy now are people that the president's father kept at arm's length. They were, they, they were referred to uh, in the circles in which I moved when I was briefing at the top intelligence and policy levels. They were referred to as the crazies. The crazies, I mean, you talk about the crazies, everyone knew who they were. Richard Pearl, Paul Wolfowitz, Doug Feith, those folks. The crazies. We'll get to that in a moment. We'll talk more about them. These also include Donald Rumsfeld, seen here in Baghdad in 1986, warmly greeting Saddam Hussein, of course, who was then being armed to the teeth by America and Britain. Here you go, buddy. Pick up, what was it? Um, even Bill Hicks, was it? Here. Pick up the gun, huh? That's, what, that's the, the strategy, right? You armed it's it's um, it's a sting operation on an international level. The same what the FBI does to poor kids who might be misdirected or failing out of place and 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 you know uh, all depressed and weirded out and stuff. Their approach: Hey, kid, you wanna wanna get wanna blow up a building? Huh? Here we go. Take this. Uh, push this button here. Go go in this van over here and press this button. That's what they're doing on an international level. And again, it's countries. Not tied to the central banking system. It's countries that have been trying to do their own thing. Countries that are refusing to bowing down to the global order and all that stuff. But I do get ahead of myself. This is one of their blueprints published in 2000 by the extreme right-wing group Project for a New American Century. Okay, so that's where people like John Pilger uh, falls short, right, with the with the historical, uh, the lack of historical knowledge. So he, he's calling them right-wing because they showed up and called themselves conservatives. New co the new conservatives, neoconservatives. But they're not right-wing. There's, there's left as, a, as anybody. They're, they're, they're literally the flip side of the, uh, of the, on the coin that's shared by the Frankfurt School. I will talk more about that in a moment. That's how he... These are, this was the, you know, the time when the left was like, you know, oh, it's, all, it's all a right-wing conspiracy. And then they're like, didn't understand what this new force is that's coming in. Uh, but anyway, 
Let's continue. The U.S. military will fight multiple simultaneous wars as the cavalry on the new American frontier. The principal author is William Crystal. The problem with America is not that we go around marauding around the world imposing ourselves. Mm. The problem with America in the last 10, 15 years since the end of the Cold War, really in the last 60 years, is that we've been too slow to get involved. That's right. We haven't, we haven't involved ourselves enough with international business. We haven't used America's sons and daughters to go die for Israel abroad. How about that? Mm, that sounds completely reasonable, Bill mm. Crystal. In mm. conflicts. Outside America, people have worried about uh, the United States uh, conducting an unprovoked attack on a country, a sovereign country. Whether are they? Or not, whether, are they? Yes, yes, they are. Really? They're yeah. worried we're going to attack Britain, France, no, Germany, no, no, any, no, any democracy? No, no, because any no, decent regime? No, the, well, no, the United States doesn't uh, usually attack strong countries. Do we attack decent countries? No, I said strong countries. Why well, asking decent countries? I don't know. Are what people you would really call, worried I, the U.S. is going to go? I, I, a decent law abiding country and the U.S. I, is going to come in and say, we don't like the look of you, you're going to depose you? Is that something the U.S. is. He, what he means when he says that, decent country, is he means a country that has submitted to them and their way. That's, that's what he means. He doesn't mean anything else. He's, he's calling these countries, you know, not these democracies, right? Yeah, they're such radical right-wingers, these people. Again, it's Jean Pilger get this wrong, right? Yeah, these radical right-wingers that are coming around and they just want to give, they just want to force the gay flag on Afghanistan. And women rights on Iraq. That's what that's what right wingers are all about. Anyway, let's keep listening. Really worried the US is gonna go I, I, a decent law abiding country and the US I, is gonna come in and say we don't like the look of you, we're gonna depose you. Is that something the US has done quite often? How many countries has the U.S. attacked in the uh, last been, 15 been, years? Uh, well, since World War Two there have been seventy two interventions by the United States. Oh, is that right? Yes. That's ludicrous. Well it's not ludicrous, it's true. <laughs> These are some that's of the ludicrous. countries where the United States directly and indirectly, has overthrown governments, manipulated elections, and attacked popular movements since 1945. Bush's war on terror is just another brand name replacing the Red Menace as justification for a systematic aggression. This is well documented. Yeah, well, again, Boomer, John Pilger, it's like the Red, the red Menace is actually, it's actually real right but the, what happened is that they exported the the the, the cultural aspect from that That's, again this is the this is what's so frustrating about this oh, shit, i'm almost turning i was folding over my table here what's so frustrating about this is it's it's literally the same guys that came out of the frankfurt school here that thought that the new left were getting too radical and why were they getting too radical because they 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 were too anti-semitic that's actually what these what these guys believe, right? And so they're like, we have to create a counterpoint to this. We have to get a counterweight to this. Let's create the dialectic. Let's have two chi- two sides, Team Blue and Team Red. We'll have the same kinds of guys and the same philosophy controlling both sides. So who's ever in charge, whoever wins out, we are still in a position of leadership role and we get to dictate. That's what that's what this is. Leo Strauss literally shares a a root. Um, uh, who's considered to be the father, right, of uh, of neoconservatism, neoconservative thought and stuff like that, right? Um, shares a root being part of the the new school for social social re- social research, right? 
Frankfurt School style. It's the same. It's the same bullshit, right? The same bu- bullshit that they're coming from. The university in exile of subsequent incarnations have been intellectual harder than the new school. Notable scholars associated with the University of Exile includes psychologist Eric Fromm, Max Wardheimer. These are all Frankfurt School guys, right? Cultural Marxists. And then they mentioned Leo Strauss, who then, well, he he turned into, he became a crazy fascist, right? Where, where, where did I read that? Oh, it, was, it was somewhere here. It's a longer thread now, but yeah, uh, it was a criticism or something like that. Uh, yeah, Strauss and Zionism, though, right? That's when it gets interesting. Uh, but yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. The, yeah, critical views. Here we go. Sino uh, says Strauss was somebody who wanted to go back to previous pre-liberal, pre-bourgeois era of blood and guts, of imperial domination, of authoritarian rule, of pure fascism. No, they, they rose up in, in opposition to what happened in where they were kicked out of Germany, right? Of, of, but uh, the, the, the fascism that happened there. No, they set up a, a fake uh, a fake conservative movement called neoconservative, uh, calling themselves neocons. And you have people like Richard Pearl. Remember this guy, Richard Pearl? Paul Wolfowitz. Oh, shit, look at this. There's a music on my clip. Look at this guy. Look at this, what, what this guy's doing here. Look at this. This is Paul Wolfowitz. Look at this guy. Standing outside the Pentagon. Nice. These are nice. These are nice boys, right? William Crystal, Paul Wolfowitz, Richard Pearl, Doug Fife, Leo Strauss, right? All these people. Ended. Yet it remains a kind of secret history, seldom reported in the West, as a war of terror. It is a war on on of terror. Of course it is. All right. So anyway, so that's that clip there uh, from John Pilger, who gets, you know, like two thirds right, and then he's like nothing on like just. Zionism or how these boys popped up, whether they're offering a, an alternative to hijacking conservatism and then Irving Kristol, of course, um, which is the father of Bill Kristol. And again, this is what Bill, this is your, according to John Pilger, you're a crazy right winger then who's a neocon, part of this group for the Project of American News, uh, Project for the the, new, uh, the American Century. Uh, and these groups that start, you know, nine, they were all involved after 9-11, formulating this new new way that America, you know, handled these situations and the Department of Homeland Security and all the, we could go on and on, you know, uh, with Shirtoff and all the uh, the body scanners at the airports and all this nonsense that they, they, they put into place after 9-11. That's the reason why now you can't travel, right? And it's just gotten 10 million times worse under COVID and they're never going to let up. But here's, here's uh, Bill Crystal, which he talked with in this clip. Listen to what he says here regarding, of course, all the newcomers that now will come because of all these wars that these guys started in Middle Eastern or North African countries. All these people that they want to import to our countries just coincidentally happens to be those countries that they decided to invade, both at the benefit of Israel, but also to the benefit of making sure that native Europeans and European Americans are slowly but surely becoming minorities in our own countries. Listen to what he says here. Look, to be totally honest, if things are so bad, as you say, with the white working class, don't you want to get new Americans in who aren't going to be 
I'm serious. You can make a case that I'm, this is going on too long and this is too crazy probably and I hope this thing isn't being like, you know, videotaped or ever shown anywhere. <laughs> my, whatever tiny pathetic future I have is going to be totally collapsed. You can make a case that America has, become, has been great because every, every, I think John Adams said this at the beginning, right? Basically, if you're in a free society, a capitalist society, society after two, three, four generations of hard work, everyone becomes kind of decadent, lazy, spoiled, whatever. And then you luckily, you have these waves of people coming in from Italy mm. and Ireland and Russia sure. yeah. and now Mexico who really want to work hard and really want to <laughs> succeed and really want their kids to live better lives than them yeah. and aren't sort of clipping coupons or mm -hmm. hoping that they can hang on. And meanwhile, you know, we grew up as spoiled kids and so forth. So in that respect, mm -hmm. I don't know why this moment is that different from the early 20th century or we, the we mid 19th give century. Somebody else a chance to ask a question I at know, this point. <laughs> Don't you want to rebut me briefly though? You want to say, yeah. No. I'm okay, <laughs> next, that's enough, I'm Bob. That's at the uh, American e Enterprise Institute right there too. Uh, not only of course a stunning admission, uh, but just laying out the plan right there of w w what it's about. A complete lie of course and, uh, and created on complete bullshit. Most of the European countries that have suffered after the migrant crisis of 2015 for decades before that, too, for that matter. Uh, but most people that come to our countries, they become uh, dependent on the welfare system. They can't get into the job market. They don't want to in many cases, too. Many of them don't work hard because they don't even work. And they live off of the benefits that are in the countries. Anyway, so that was that's that's Bill Crystal, the son of Irving, Irving Crystal, who's considered the godfather of neoconservatism. That's what the, that's where these guys stand. That's what they are involved in, right? Eric Fromm, you're on Team Blue. Uh, Irving Crystal, you're on Team Red. Now go your separate ways. Create these uh, you know political movements at odds, and then you know write about it in the media and the struggles and all that stuff. And then you whoever wins out, the same the same thing happens. Civil rights replacement, right? Open borders. You know, and again, these are they're anti. These were anti-Stalinists in the beginning. Remember, because that was you know the pogroms and all that stuff, right? They were anti-Stalin, uh, but they were not anti-Marx. These neoconservatives, right? What's the history here? Yeah, through the 1950s and early 60s, the future neoconservatives had endorsed the civil rights movement, racial integration, and Martin Luther King Jr. From the 1950s to the 1960s, there was a general endorsement among liberals for military action to prevent communistic victory in Vietnam. Uh, anyway, they go through like a lot of this here, uh, what they endorse and don't and whatever. Uh, but all of this, of course, have been to the, the benefit of a bigger plan, right? A bigger agenda. And it just happens to be that all these guys are not Europeans. They're Jews. So will they think of America first? Will they think of uh, Europe as well as, as a shared heritage of, of uh, the Europeans that uh, founded and built uh, America? No, of course not. Quick mention here, Osama bin Laden. Uh, of course, was believed to be a CIA asset at the time. Tim Osman, he mentioned John Pilger in the clip, which is accurate, how they, uh, these, uh, the, the Taliban, the Mujahideen, were like touring America and stuff like that. And it's believed that Osama bin Laden at that time was part of that. Now, a lot of people have consequently, you know, put this down and, oh, well, this is just a conspiracy and blah, 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 all that stuff, right? Uh, 
Tim Osman was the name assigned to him by the CIA for his tour of the U.S. and U.S. military bases in search for political support and armaments. There's some evidence that that Tim Osman visited the White House. There is certainly uh, there is certainly that Tim Osman toured some U.S. military bases, even receiving special demonstrations of the latest equipment. Here's one document from the uh, from the CIA allegedly here talking about that. You see Tim Osman and Osama bin Laden in the, on the same page there. Uh, in that on that document right there. Uh, all right, here's Trump. I, I mean, we don't have to play this really. He just talks in it. He he, he mentions the 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 line I find interesting. It was we're paying Afghan military men a fortune. So despite the fact that they're paying these guys a fortune to stand up to to the Taliban and stuff like that, right? These new this new military force they 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 are useless. They're incompetent. They're low IQ. They can't do anything. They're and they're and we're just pissing away money. Complete waste. But again, not an accident, right? Taliban parade new weapons seized from Afghan military as U.S. withdraws. It's a it's a complete accident. Oh, it's a, oh they just they happen to take all our all our weapons too. By the way, as we're pulling out and leaving. Totally not setting something up here, something bigger. <clears throat> How U.S. aid funded ISIS and resources. You know, you remember all the the, the Toyota cars that showed up in the, the, at the hands of ISIS. You know, Al Qaeda, whatever. Listen to uh, to this here clip here. The Taliban are on the march and gaining territory at an astonishing rate. This is back from July, so. It's to show We're you all the, the weapons and stuff. We're the journalists to see the latest army base the Taliban have captured in the province. And they want to show us the treasure trove of military riches they've seized with it. Many of these boxes supplied by the Americans hadn't even been opened before the Taliban got hold of them. Whoa. Can anyone believe that the Taliban wants peace when you've you've got all these weapons now? Most of the time we don't rely on all of this, we just rely on Allah. But it does help us a lot and it's given us a lot of new weapons we can use in battle. Of course we want peace, all people want peace here, but the government doesn't want peace with us. From this base alone, the Taliban say they seized about 900 guns, 30 Humvees, and 20 army pickup trucks. It's a whole pile of, of destroyed vehicles, military vehicles there, and a huge area that they've managed to take over. I think this, the Taliban will see this and view this as a substantial victory. And it follows a nationwide pattern of Afghan soldiers putting up only a half-hearted fight. Many of the fighters we saw were carrying new weapons seized during the taking of the base. The white flag that signifies the Taliban takeover is flying in large swathes of the country right now. And they're creeping closer to the capital. Our journey en route to the Taliban was halted. This is a crucial highway which the Taliban have been trying to get control of. The Afghan army brought in reinforcements to push them back. 
The Taliban resurgence appears to have real momentum, and that's worrying for the Afghan government and its international allies, who are now watching all the military hardware they handed over ending up in the hands of the group they're meant to be used against. Yeah, total coincidence. The seen as weak <laughs> and deeply unpopular in areas, particularly where the Taliban have managed to take a hold. Can you work with any of them? They are nothing, anything. They are nothing. In this. We will destroy I know them. nothing. We are, we are uh, going to uh, destroy our country. Uh, they, they come, they bring uh, bad, bad situation for Afghanistan, for our people, for our civilized, for our country, for our uh, schools, for our hospitals, everything. They destroyed. And this while peace talks are meant to be ongoing. And all the while, the Taliban seem to be growing stronger, and that will surely lessen their desire to do any deals. Alex Crawford, Sky News, in Wadak province. All right. There we go. Let me pause there right there. <clears throat> uh, Mr. Wright, over on Odyssey, says, with U.S. Army out of Afghanistan, COVID-19 going to rip that nation to shreds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll see about that. Uh, was there, uh, Were they skeptical of the vaccine? or so? I, I forget... Yeah, what that was. Um, I thought it was something there about that. They were they were skeptical of the classic, you know, methods or whatever that the West have been trying to sell them, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. Let me do a couple of these on Entropy. Thank you, uh, Mr. Wright. I appreciate that. Uh, over on Odyssey. Uh, let me see here. What do we do here? Uh, we did Weiss plus Deliso Scott Pair. We did, I think, Black Philip. My Republican governor has volunteered to take all... 100,000 Afghan refugees, and there's much more where that comes from, too, by the way. Through governors, have uh, though governors have no say in federal matters, it's virtue signaling and trying to get votes from the libs. I say take them all and settle them in the liberal neighborhoods. Yeah, at, uh, at, 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 at worst, we can do that, but at best, uh, don't, don't, don't come at all, obviously. But yeah, Black Phillips says, Henrik, you're right. There are a lot of our guys cheering on the Taliban, but their brothers are, are coming to the uh, West in hordes at the same time. We should never have been there, and they should stay uh, stay in, or they should just stay in Afghanistan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got to drop this cheering on the Taliban. Like, regionally, like, what they're doing, what they're achieving locally, uh, fine. That's great. Good for them, you know, kind of thing. Uh, but it's not a, not a role model. And they haven't achieved anything that they weren't allowed to to have happen. It's just, it's just, it's the same as when you see these like oh we you know we take uh, you know whether the Muslim imams or whatever it is like we're taking over Europe and we're uh, you know our birth rates we're gonna conquer you and stuff and it's like yeah you just just because our elites are letting you happen uh, letting that happen they want that to happen. If we had people that looked out for us or if we were in charge, we would put up a fight about it. I mean, an actual fight, like, directly at, like, the border, or if they come in, you you take care of the problem. You kick them out, you deport people who are not supposed to be there, etc. Would never have happened, first of all. But it's like, yeah, you're, you're just winning because we have a... You, our enemies is is the guys on, on, on the top. The guys at the top of the pyramid, international forces, if you will, they're controlling our politicians and stuff like that, right? Uh, but here's some more. Taliban's uh, scary spoils of war. U.S. made guns, Black Hawk and MI-24 choppers. This is crazy. There's some uh, good music here from Hindustan Times. Listen to this. 
Taliban took over Afghanistan within days after the U.S. announced exits of exit of its troops. The pace at which Taliban took control of Afghanistan shocked the world. Yeah, it's a complete surprise. No one could have figured this out. What also made it possible was the capture of US-made weapons. Yeah, they just happened to catch, capture them. Taliban insurgents seized rifles, body armor, suits as they overran Afghanistan. This comes weeks before complete withdrawal of US and NATO soldiers. What Taliban captured during Afghanistan blitz. So weirdly, weirdly worded here, but here's some Taliban fighters seen roaming in vehicles used by US troops. Yeah, no doubt. go. Some visuals show Taliban using UH-60 Black Hawk attack helicopters. <laughs> this is incredible. Oh, they just happen to get their hands on these. Yep, whoops. Some Taliban insurgents were seen with uh, AK-47 rifles. Well, that's not a that's not a very big surprise. Taliban were seen with M4 car uh, carbines and M16 rifles previously used by Afghan armies. So they're just obviously handing everything right over, right? Taliban took control of an Mi-24 helicopter gifted by India to Afghanistan. There you go. Nice. A couple of, you know, like four or five choppers now. Humvees. Shoulder-mounted drone grenade launchers. Fantastic. All right, thank you, uh, Hindustan Times, for that music there too. That's uh, that is fantastic. Very good stuff. Um, yeah. So uh, here's someone else noticing this too. One material implications of Kabul. That, my friends, is the Taliban flying a U.S. MH60 stealth helicopter. We supplied the Afghan uh, National Army with special aviation and special forces units uh, with our top-of-the-line gear, not second-hand gear that we pass to most allies and then left it all behind. So there you go. That's uh, the Taliban uh, flying that, allegedly. And then this person argues, well, it's because why didn't we fly them out? I, I, I just don't agree with this. I, I, I do not agree with it. Why did we not fly them out? Helicopters have a lim limited range. Yeah, we, yes, of course they do. And must be broken down and put in a plane for long-range transport. The breakdown process takes days, if not weeks. Okay, well, they knew for months and months and months that they were going to start pulling out and leave. So you're telling me they couldn't have started sooner? I just don't buy this incompetence thing. Yes, you can use it. You can say, look at these bo bozos, Mark Milley's off. They're awful because they, they, they have different objectives. They're not looking out for the national interest of Americans, all that stuff. Biden is a, an Alzheimer's puppet. Sure, you know, reflect as much of this onto them as possible get them out, that, that, that's all good, right? But it's, it's much more, much more other things that's going on here, right? I think this is to regroup, to regroup Western forces. It was not an accident that they didn't defeat them over 20, you know, 20 years, a couple of decades. 
hand them all the money and then it become a threat again and look at all these human rights abuses and look at all the women and the school they torched this and now we have to we have no option we got to invade again more refugees more war more you know this is how they this is what they do this is how they perpetuate themselves and and everyone is you know <laughs> look at the, they lost afghanistan oh they're such morons you know God, if you only had a competent military, so we could just def really defeat these guys. But it's like, well, you shouldn't shouldn't have been there to begin with, right? Three, why didn't we blow them up? Even that is a big project taking days and supplies while the U.S. went from it won't happen, denial to it's already over, basically overnight. Immediately shifting focus to the poor refugees who the Taliban claims to be pardoning. Right? Well, the last part is true, right? But it won't happen denial to it's already over well again i mean they they as my argument here is they knew how poorly educated them were and and after years and years and years and years of trying to teach these guys it didn't happen anyway they go on there for a while but uh i, I don't know i just don't buy it right uh i i think it's i think there's uh i think there's some bullshit going on here right um Chaos. This is this is from a few days ago, but again, this is to 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 see just some part, part, portion of the footage of like how chaotic it was, and again that all this will be used to say, oh my God, we we must do something, right? Save save them. Look at how distressed they all are, right? <laughs> Anyway, you get the idea. This is the kind of footage that uh, that we saw from a lot of places. Uh, the airports, we have people, you know, fly, jumping off, you know, planes and all kinds of stuff, right? Let me see if I had that. They were trying to get aboard. Uh, yeah, look at this here. It's an American plane taking off. And apparently people are climbing onto the wings and they're falling off right there as the plane was taking off. You guys see that? Right at the end there. Allegedly, that's what it's that's what it's of. I mean, I can't for certain say from this distance, but that's what they claim that that is. Uh, they're so desperate to get out. They're so desperate to get out. Either because they know what's coming, because they worked with the enemy, right? This is how the Daily Wired covered some of the Afghanistan stuff too, which is just you know I had a couple of stories real quick here too. Um. I won't be able. To, I won't have time to go into this in any detail. I was going to, but it, I'm, I've already gone for too, for too long here. Uh, Biden's national security advisor, uh, victim blames Americans trapped in Afghanistan following Taliban blitz. It was their choice. <clears throat> it was just to to show you this idea that they have like, um, they're trying to. They're they're they're, um, they're, they're going with the angle that it was like, oh, they're they're incompetent. And, and I've admitted that there is some of that here. I'm not trying to say it's, that they all of them are completely, you know, in cahoots and know what they're doing or whatever. Some of these people just down the but down the food down the line, you know, down the food chain, so to speak, uh, was you know thrown a couple of curveballs last minute and don't know how to deal with it. Obviously, that that is the case, right? Uh, but people who dictate stuff, they they know how poorly the Afghan military was here, right? 
but so they were talking and they're saying basically we can't, we won't be able to get you out. We can't promise to get you out. American citizens have been left with with that's I mean that's insane, right? American citizens have been left behind. They're not getting picked up, but they're already talking about refugees. And it was just like, well, we'll, we'll, you know, these people are more important than you. And we can't guarantee your safety anyway if you try to get to the airport, the Kabul airport. Um, but then the uh, Daily Wire had articles like this to watch. Afghan women protest Taliban demand rights in stunning act of bravery. Uh, women protesting against Taliban in Kabul asking for political and social rights. What extraordinary bravery looks like. And frankly, that seems it seems uh, completely calm. There's no one that's shooting them. There's no one that's hauling them off. No one that is saying they can't do that. As far as I can see, uh, are they taking their names and that something will happen later? Well, okay, maybe, maybe. But it feels it feels a little bit of one of those like kind of like an invented outcry. You know what I mean? And it might not be. We'll see if any of this is real. That's coming out or whatever. But it feels like it's that little bit of that contrived, you know, kind of Western, you know, the media narrative that they like to drive. And and of course, again, what's the reason? Well, to to get you to accept them as refugees, not to admit that we did wrong, and you know, uh, we, but. The people who did this, they did wrong and they should be held accountable for this. They need to pay, the people who advocated for this. Bring in the neocons. Can you bring them in? Can we try these people for treason and war crimes and misery and you know whatever, whatever other charges you can levy up against these people? Uh, Afghanistan doesn't threaten us. It never did. Importing unvetted jihadis is what allowed for 9-11 to happen. Well, I mean, I'd have a different take on that. But but from the official perspective, yeah, that is true. Like, if you bring in these people, if you import these, that they they will, that will be a, a, the greatest problem. And, of course, that's what they, that's what they want as well. Um, they want these problems to come. More terrorist attacks, most likely in Europe, as a, in the wake of this, but but maybe even in the U.S. We'll have to see. Um, importing them again will allow another one to happen. There was never a threat to America from Afghanistan. I, I, I agree, right? The, the Libertarian Party of Texas said, there has never been an American killed by an Afghani uh, in a terrorist attack on our soil. Also, we know who worked with us. It's not rocket science to know how they are uh, are safe to bring over. <laughs> Libertarian Party. Yeah, just bring them over. <clears throat> And the guy here uh, replies, you have to be amazingly ignorant to hold this position and not be aware of the absolute chaos that has unfolded in Europe as a result of importing Afghan refugees. Yes, absolutely, right? And that's the, that's the point here, too. Never forget about all the rape in European countries. And this is another issue with the, like, right-wingers or American nationals, whatever you want to call them, that, like, oh, the Taliban are based, you know? Yeah, sure. They they rape kids and they they dress uh, you know they dress kids up as as little girls and you know give them money or whatever, and rape them as sex slaves. But you know they're ba- they're trad. They're based. <clears throat> yeah, they go for some goats, but you know they're they're, they're good guys. They're pushing back against uh, liberal values. 
but no, the rape uh, has been uh, an incredible problem, right, in many European uh, uh, countries. Uh, crime, this is, is a, these are incompatible cultures. Um, we don't have to, you know, live together uh, in, in this way, and nor, and nor should we. <clears throat> Ultimately, I don't hold the Taliban or Afghans responsible for, uh, well, what they've done in our countries. Yeah, sure, but like the creating this whole scenario, it's 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 the Bill Crystal, you know, the Richard Pearl, the Paul Wolfowitzes. These are the guys that are responsible. These are the guys we should prosecute. These are the guys who, who we should go after. U.S. Embassy flag flown out of Afghanistan amid chaotic evacuation from Kabul airport. Not quite sure why I included that now, but uh, it was just this, <laughs> this screenshot there. The U.S. Embassy flag is flown out of Kabul in photograph provided by for, provided to Fox News. It's like that, get the, get the flag out! And just this weird last chaotic you know, kind of scenes, and there's like, oh, oh, look at that, they're getting the flag out. I don't know, it's just it's just so dumb, everything. Um, so here's, what was this, uh, NATO headquarters in Afghanistan. Short clip, look at this. Look at all that. How, how it looks now. Destroyed gear. This area is known as Circuit City. Um, it's where a lot of the networking, nipper, sipper, dirty net stuff happened. It's right outside the main uh, headquarters for the ISAF mission or RS mission at this point. Uh, which way do I go to get out of here? the main spot here. It's where all the battle planning was being done uh, for the mission here. Over there we had a Thai restaurant, barbers and gift shops and stuff. looks like that fire right there was the radar for the C-RAM. It looks like they have set that on fire. Yeah, did you say Thai restaurant? People destroying hard drives down there at the end. We had our perfect little globalist village here, right in the American middle of Kabul. flag here is the last one. Every flagpole here used to be have a different flag of a different nation. Part of the NATO group that was here supporting yeah, well, get out. I do agree with that. Just get out and leave. This is good, ultimately, right? But unfortunately, they will go back in. That's what I think. All right, you get the idea. This is how this is how crazy it is, right? All right, let me see if I can fly through some of this here. I, I did want to show this, though. This is so nuts, right? Uh, video shows Taliban fighters capture the opulent palace of a U.S. allied warlord. Brand-seeking property and drinking tree from gold set. Now, so keep, again... 
Just keep in mind the money, all the money that the U.S. spent on this to build up this, to pay off these warlords, to have them identify, you know, have side with them and stuff like that. There's people starving in the U.S. There's people who, who, who are homeless. This whole rent debacle that's, that's, you know, happening right now too, right? People can't pay the rent, all the lockdowns, the coronavirus stuff, they're, they're pouring <laughs> billions and billions and billions into this stuff, right? And here's one of their little minions, one of the little uh, lackeys here that they, that they paid off and like, you know, all this luxury and tacky shit. Look, it just looks like a, an exaggerated, uh, you know, Louis the, what is it, the 16th or whatever it is, like some Baroque type of, uh, you know, I don't know, go, everything's gold-plated. It is a little Trump-esque, I guess, <laughs> to be honest. They're gold toilets. Gold set of tea, you know, a tea set and all that stuff. And I was like, what is that, roomy or something like that there? Um, anyway, so that, you know, that, it, that's, it fell. Uh, it was allowed to fall. This is there. Here's the here's the guys now sitting in this <laughs> this uh, this palace that paid for by you the by you the U.S. taxpayer. And they're like, all right, we'll do our Bashir Bazi in here now. Then, yeah, bordello for the Basha Bazis, exactly. And I saw some footage. Too. I wish I brought it in, but. Did you guys see that? They were they were actually riding. I showed the photo the other day, but they were actually riding in uh, bumper cars. <laughs> actually, there was a video from it. I forgot to save it down. But yeah, they were like the Taliban was riding around in bumper cars. Like they're having they're having a great time right now. Uh, but watch out because they they're allowing you know they think there's like oh by the grace of Allah we made this happen. It's like yeah nah, sorry boys, uh, they let you have this, and uh, soon enough they might come back in at any time and take it away from you. The likelihood is that it will happen. Here's some, look at this like weird, tacky palace here. Look at this, like, what is that? Some, what is that called? That lawn? The never, uh, the, the, the Pentagon lawn? <laughs> That's what it looks like. Is that plastic? Anyway, um, didn't get a scratch after that plane uh, passed through there. Uh, okay, a couple of things here. I'm going to wrap up here shortly, but uh, White House outs intelligence officials locations in Twitter posts, and I still can't decide is it, you know, is it only incompetence or, or do they want to have this out there so that there will be vulnerable targets and, you know, because you always have to, you always have to wonder, you know. I know there are stupid people, but there are also some very smart people and sometimes you, it's, it's hard to differentiate. The White House appears to have inadvertently revealed the identities and locations of intelligence officials in the Middle East in a Twitter post on Sunday. Pentalon, yeah, is that what it was called? Um, who took this picture of outing intel officials? Dear God, someone says here, and they show the picture of... of but there's more uh, strange things that actually goes on in this in this picture here. Uh, but yeah, so apparently, I mean, if you, you know, there's a high-res image, you can zoom in and see, uh, I guess, faces and stuff of intel people. Here's apparently Biden sitting there. Um, very concerned about this, right? 
uh, all alone. So it's a symbol of strength right here. It, it's like they want to they want to fool you into thinking that they're weak. Part of the system is weak. Don't get me wrong, but it could it could it could fight back and do damage if it wanted to. So look at this here. Uh, Joey is not at Camp David. The whole TV is photoshopped into the old picture. And the reason why they say that, and this is based on the, the, the previous image that I showed, this image here, someone zoomed into that part of it and says, the time difference between London and Moscow is only two hours. So this picture could not have been taken today because it's three hours in the picture. So it's, it, the normal time difference between London and Moscow is two hours. However, there is a space of about two weeks when the clock is, uh, yeah, the, the, what is it now? Spring, spring forward and spring and back in fall or whatever. Right? But um, it's relevant. It, it, there's a, a two-week period where this is uh, out of whack, right? Isn't that, isn't that so? It's two, a difference uh, when they go forward or back with the clock, or some people are speculating that it, it took place in March when, uh, what, Moscow go for, go, goes forward one extra hour before London catches up or something like that. I think that's the, the direction it works, right? Yeah, day, a daylight saving time issue, basically. So which means it can't have been taken in August. It must have been taken at another time, someone points out there. Unless they're photoshopping the whole thing, why would they do that? It, it's just very bizarre, right? 1629 London and then 1929 Moscow. It's just, it's very strange, right? And then someone, here's another version of the image that they used. It's another media outlet. Notice, though, he has a suit on in this one. There's a white or light blue shirt underneath and then a blue jacket. Sports jacket. And in the original picture, let me go back in that one again. He has a dark blue polo shirt, short-sleeved. Both of these pictures are released but by different media companies, but they're claiming it's the same day. What is that about? You're telling me he took the suit, he took the suit off, and the shirt, and under that he had a, a blue polo shirt. It's a small detail, but it's just one of those. What the fuck are they doing? Yeah, clock the clock issue. People say, oh, could you just be uh, wrong or something? I just. Do, are you telling me they do that manually? They don't have to digitize that, that they will auto-adjust to the time zones? I don't know, it just feels weird, right? But there's other discrepancies like that. It's just very strange. All right, so last little bit here. Um, here's more of this, right? Let, let Afghan lives matter, is chance outside the UN headquarters in New York. In other words, let them all in. Yeah, you hear that? Yeah, someone's asking Chatter yet. Yeah, what, uh, what were the time differences on clocks between the two images? Um, so, uh, well, uh, is there a difference there? No, that's the same. Sixteen hundred hours and nineteen hundred hours. So three hour difference, but it was it's only supposed to be two. So that's the that's the difference. So we don't know why. But yeah, I mean, of course, something could just it, yeah, one was off or whatever. But again, there's there's a number of other things. 
They're exposing the, the, the details about the intelligence people, which they're not supposed to do, different outfits on Biden. It's, I mean, it's weird all around, right? It's just incompetence. Uh, more than 60 countries uh, say Afghans and others must, allowed, must be allowed to leave Afghanistan. Okay, and where are they supposed to go? We all know where they're supposed to go. They're supposed to go to Europe. The majority of them. Some, of course, will be flown in to, uh, to America as well, first class. Diplomat, not even tanks can stop large wave of Afghan refugees heading to Europe. I think that's a bullshit. I think if you use drones and you see where these large population numbers are, you can just stop them at the border. But they're pretending that they, oh, we can't do anything to stop this. Merkel and Macron scrambled to prevent repeat of 2015. Despite Europe heavily fortifying its borders since 2015 crisis, a top diplomat warns that not even tanks can stop a potential large wave of Afghan refugees heading to the continent. Even before the Taliban took control of Afghanistan, up to 30,000 people were fleeing the country every single week. I've seen reports of something like 3 million people right now on the move. Humanitarian development worker Sybil Shengi told German broadcaster WDR, On Sunday, we can assume that up to 3 million Afghans will make their way to Europe in the foreseeable future. Holy shit. We don't want it. Thank you. We're full. Schengen explains explained how the refugees are intent on leaving the Middle East entirely and settling in European welfare havens where the state partially subsidizes their living. That's right. But we heard from Bill Crystal how they're contributing so much to our economy and they work harder than us. Neocon lies. That's what we call that. Zio lies. I ask people, why do you not go to Saudi Arabia? They are Muslim. This is your culture. The answer is always, no, Germany is better. Although many experts think that Europe's effort to strengthen its ports of entry since 2015 will prevent a repeat of the 2015 invasion, others are not so confident. Europeans have to realize a new refugee wave now seems inevitable. And then they talk about, you know, about Macron, how they say, oh, this is no, this is bad. We... Uh, what was the wording here? Um, Macron has called for a robust, coordinate, and united response in order to protect the continent from, quote, major irregular migration, migratory, migratory flows. That's an important word distinction right there, too. This is where the, well, you know, the, oh, we got to stop illegal immigration crowd fails. What these people want is regular, not, not irregular migration. This would be considered to be, well, at least from the official point of view, irregular in the sense that, well, it's a, it, it, didn't, it didn't happen according to all the standards that we want to set. They want to have regular, open, regular migration, open borders as part of the UN Sustainable Development Goals. They, they mention that all the time, that regular, regulatory migration flows, um, the, the compact for, for migration uh, agreements and all that stuff. So now you might have a small period of illegal or, or, or irregular migration, but that's, oh, we don't want that. No, no, that's bad, you see. We want to be replaced legally. Anyway, let me fly through this here. So Sweden, same thing I mentioned that. They've pissed away 8.5 billion Swedish crowns, almost a billion so far on women's rights in Afghanistan. They have a program going up to 2024, and my point was, can this stop? Can we stop this now then? Taliban has take over, just stop, stop with these payments. Swedish aid to Afghanistan is the highest country of, of all of them. And then it's like, oh, we're working to women's rights important for Sweden's development cooperation in Afghanistan. Absolute garbage. 
Absolute bullshit. And so this is what happens, of course, when we have large flows of migrants coming to Sweden. Uh, they rape people. They rape our young ones. Uh, they rape women. They rape children. It could be from Afghanistan. It could be from some other Middle Eastern country. It could be from North African uh, countries. And then as this story says, we uh, end up paying out, in fact. Uh, in this case, a uh, almost a million Swedish crowns were paid out to this guy. Who... Raped a raped a, a girl. Raped a girl. Um, but then a decision was made. Well, the, the, his prison sentence was a bit too rough, so he received almost one hundred thousand Swedish crowns from the taxpayers, because prison was so hard for this guy. So basically, come come rape women. You might win. Could win big. And of course, a woman raped received nothing. These are, and this is the woman, by the way. This is the woman who, who granted this. Look at that haircut. Look at that face. That's all over the way. It doesn't matter what country you go to, you have that everywhere. This is Maria Heidenborg, the, uh, uh, the justice uh, chancellor. I'm not sure how you would pronounce that or uh, translate it directly to English, but that would be the direct translation. Justice chancellor. Responsible for paying out 840,000 Swedish crowns, or almost, almost 100,000 crowns, to a sentenced rapist. Because prison was hard. Yeah, Borg. It's not. That's just Swedish. It's not anything to do with that. But um, uh, the, there's plenty of Bari and Bori uh, in Sweden. And that's you know the Ashkenazi Jews took that took those names uh, when they came to uh, to Nordic Germanic countries. Uh, so it's not it, it's it's not a sign of that. But anyway, um, no, these are our own our own women, our own old you know, tie-dye witches that are doing this stuff. And you remember this, of course. Afghan wanted in connection with 13-year-old Austrian girl who was gang-raped and then murdered, left on a, um, uh, ro on a roadside next to a tree back in June 26th. We talked about the story at that time. Uh, Leone, remember, remember her? We talked about her. Austrian schoolgirl Leone died in the attack. Uh, they were arrested. Here she is right here. Uh, these are the kinds of people we get. Uh, these are the our based allies that we're gonna that we're gonna start coming now uh, to our countries, and we're gonna get more of this as a consequence. We can't live with these people; they're not supposed to live with us. It's better we're separate. We're not supposed to do this. Okay. Last, I think this is one of the last things I want to see uh, show here, and then we'll wrap up. Here's uh, people in uh, people in Afghanistan chanting. Embracing the Taliban fighters, seeing as liberators, right? In other words, it's okay what's happening in there. That they, you know, they. This is an internal issue. Should have been from the beginning. We don't have to upset the whole global order here just because there's a, a problem in, in Afghanistan. Of course, they they should never have been paying the Taliban and the Mujahideen to begin with to act as a force against um, uh, the Soviet Union. Uh, but this is just to show this too that not every one of them are fleeing and saying, "Oh my God, I got to get out." Like there's there's supports too. Right? <laughs> All right, there you go. They seem uh, big fans, big fans, <laughs> right there, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. We have to wrap up. I've been going for too long. Let me read the last of these here. 
Uh, let me see here. What do we have? Uh, Dan Mother says, thank you for this broadcast. Any idea uh, what Idaho stance is on migrants? Uh, I think uh, uh, largely uh, negative towards it, but the, but there's people working all the time to get it to change. So never, nothing is ever static and set in, in, in stone. We're like, oh, that's what these people think. No, there's always forces that are trying to undermine uh, and and uh, throw things into a, a, a tailspin, so to speak. So that you can, you have to always be vigilant, always have to be pushing back, always have to keep your local politicians, you know, council people, all these people that are doing local stuff. You have to get involved in that. Show up, protest, speak when they all have open mic and stuff like that. Show your presence, protest, tell these people what you feel about them and their policies and listen to what they have to say, push back, right? Um Black Phillips says, quick story of Nordic naivety. This is a college student in my neighborhood um, uh, that delivers food on a bike for a summer job. I know because she was delivering my food uh, before an accident. Six foot tall, blonde and very pretty. I see her all the time in the ghetto now. I'm seriously worried for her. Yeah, I mean, these are these are complete idiots and not equipped whatsoever by their parents letting them know you can't do this listen you're, you're not you're you'll get you'll end up in trouble that's what i'm wondering where where are the people around her warning her telling her well it's up to you then i guess black philip you have to say something um if, if you if you know something but don't say it is is it's almost and that might not be receptive but at least you can throw it out there plant a seed to warn them at least you can say something it's, i think it's worse to know and not say than to not know and then just like, you know, go about your business and, and actually being ignorant, right? Anyway, thank you, Black Philip. I appreciate that very kind of you. Let me check um, Odyssey one more time here. I think I'm caught up there. Uh, I do apologize if I missed anybody on Odyssey, but I appreciate you joining us today. A little bit cold behind, uh, under the weather, as I say, still. But I appreciate you joining uh, me today. It was a pleasure spending some time with you guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got some insight into this situation that we're now facing. When it comes to Afghanistan, the coming migrant wave, the potential terrorist attacks in its wake, and then, of course, my prediction, uh, some kind of another layer of intervention or invasion or some major upheaval here. I, don't, I just don't think these forces are going to hand over uh, Afghanistan to the Taliban and just let it be. This is a, like a rearming of the enemy, a re uh you know getting back their morality and then you can do something i hope i'm i hope i'm proven wrong uh but we'll just have to see right all right boys and girls uh that's it for me today thank you for joining us uh we'll be back next with flashback friday i uh, suspect we'll all be feeling much better by then but this is a weird uh, engineered thing if you ask me uh so you never know it goes up and down all the time tire and fatigue is really the major issue with this but um anyway guys thank you so much <clears throat> much love to you all keep healthy Keep fighting. <clears throat> keep say something. Keep saying something. Push back. Get 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 involved. Get get involved locally. Uh, defeating something on a on a national level or just interesting you in those kinds of political you know affairs. It's it's it's. I think it's fruitless. But not locally. Uh, not yet. And put yourself in a position, if nothing else. Uh, where you get out of harm's way and get to a community where there's good people and stuff like that, right? All right. Uh, we'll see you guys, uh, if nothing else, on uh, Friday. We do have another couple of videos. We'll try to work on those, but uh, we'll see how much we can uh, uh, finish it, uh, tomorrow here before uh, Friday. Uh, but yeah, much love to you all. Take care, everybody. Good to see you all. We'll see you guys later. Stay brave.
Do you love Red Ice? Want more? Get access to exclusive material by signing up for a Red Ice membership. You'll be able to watch Weekend Warrior, our flagship show, the second hour of interviews, and other special feature videos only for subscribers. Were you a member and we lost you along the way? Renew! We love and appreciate you guys and gals and cannot do this without you. Help us be a sane voice, a lighthouse in the sea of insanity. As times get tougher, as people are searching for answers, they're going to need content like Red Ice. A little of all your support can go a long way. Thank you.